balloon sinoplasty. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It is 10, 10, 10, and time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 242. This is No Agenda. Still awaiting the good karma here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the friggin' morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it is actually 10, 10 in the morning, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Well, it's, maybe it's 10, 10 where you are. That's <laughs> what so it says on my clock. Okay, we'll take it. Yeah, in the morning to you, John. In the, well, let me check. Yeah, it is still the morning. Yeah, yeah, it is still kind of So you had a little problems this morning getting the show going. Yeah, there's something really messed up with the system. And uh, you know what? Actually, uh, have you tweeted? Let's tweet that we're live now so we can send out the uh, the bat signal. Uh, oops, why didn't that work? Here we go. Uh, hey, John, hold on a second. Before we do anything, it's time for the national anthem. Are you ready? Hit it. Slaves in the chat room, get ready. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and service in all lands and all ships and seas. From the east to west, down under to the I love the we are happy and distracted slaves bit. That's the that's the yeah, best well, that's, part. It's just all it's a factual anthem. I think it's a winner. It's a great, yeah, it's a, the Jeff Smith once again comes through with our Gitmo national anthem. So that yeah, we, needs to be available for download for everyone. Yes, it shall, as it shall be. It shall be available for download. That would be a good one for a uh, ringtone. Well, not just for a ringtone. It'd be good for the primer. It'd be good for the primer. It'd also be good for the uh, for people just play when they wake up. So happy forty two day, John. Yes, forty two indeed. It is ten ten ten. The binary for forty two, and forty two, as you know, is the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. And that is, of course, what was the question? See, now I've really got it down. Now, now I've uh, I've practiced the slogan for today's uh, lucky day. But interestingly enough, October so far has sucked balls for us. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> it's like, why is that? And everything has gone wrong. Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, since these things, to me at least, are, are cyclical in some way, shape, or form. Oh, of course. Right. Uh, we, we're going to have a great November. <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> so far it's been so bad. I mean, I, I literally, been sick. Things have been breaking. My... Yeah, you know, my daughter dislocated her knee. Insurance Ow. stuff not not worked out. Uh, then we spent uh, over an hour. What over an hour? I got up at five thirty this morning and started messing around with this stuff and didn't really notice the problem until about seven. And then spent uh, three hours dicking around with Ableton Live and somehow I think it was actually the Gitmo Nation anthem that messed up the system. <laughs> Well, why Why not? Yeah, of course. Why not? Why not? Anyway, we are live now streaming at noagendastream.com. And, of course, uh, we've got uh, all of the human resources 
in the chat room at noagendachat.net. And uh, welcome to episode 242. How coincidental is that? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's interesting. I never not- noticed that. It's like, and not only that, but it's it's a palindrome. Yes, it is. 242-242. And yeah. uh, 10, 10, 10 binary is 42. And if you're just tuning into this program, you're probably tuning out now, going like, what? And, and, yeah. <laughs> what are these guys talking about? We have about? nobody listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, this is the one thing that we've received a lot of good emails about, though, is about the idea of putting together a no-agenda primer, uh, which I still think should be primer. I don't know why. Uh, I don't care. Yeah, primer doesn't sound right, but it doesn't matter. Uh, to help people understand... Uh, what the program is about so you can turn on more people to the show because you know really it takes one or two goes at the program before people are like oh okay now i understand what's going now on I get, well you know it reminds me a little bit of uh in terms of radio shows uh the jim rome sports talk show everybody is the jim rome sports talk show How you doing? Nah, it's not the way rome operates he's got a gravelly voice he doesn't it's hard to imagine and he talks and he has his own lingo for everything yeah like we and don't. so when you first listen to the show you go what is he talking about well, i don't understand half of it well that's the same thing we have we got our own lingo it's, yeah. it's absolutely true. It, you know, so anyway, so we, we've had a, a lot of really good ideas, and John and I are, th- are preparing and putting together a, a primer, which will be a relatively short thing you can send people to and say, listen to this, you'll get it. And one of the things we talked about uh, uh, after a Thursday show is the idea of what a lot of top 40 radio stations do when they're in a market. They do a barter with a local uh, affiliate radio, a television station for a commercial, right? And the guys will, you know, they'll put together a commercial, and it's always the same. It's a, um, it's a cop, it's a fireman, it's a guy at a deli, it's a soccer mom. And they all, you know, and th- these are the people that the station wants to reach. So then you identify with those people, and the cop goes, I always listen to 95.5 in the morning. It keeps me going. You know, and then the soccer mom was like, I love five songs nonstop in a row. So we have to do those kinds of testimonials literally that short. And, uh, and I think we can pepper them throughout the, uh, the primer or at least use them in, um, uh, in the <laughs> production. Lively. Yeah, and, uh, and I've set up a, a drop site, uh, drop.io slash N-A primer. And uh, that's where you can go and upload your uh, your little. It's you know. So don't go like, hi, this is John, you know, producer from Gitmo. No, no, no. It's just like, hi, you know, um, I'm a school teacher. You know, I'm Pete, the school teacher. No agenda has really helped me educate the kids. You know, something simple like that. It's really woken me up to reality. Now I understand how the media is lying to me. These are the types of things that you need to say. You right. think it'll work? Yeah, but people are going to have to record these. You can do it on your PC or your Mac. Yeah, not with. Then, uh, here's a tip: don't use Ableton Live. <laughs> and then you, and then drop it in a drop. Where, where's the Dropbox? It's drop.io slash na primer n a p r i m e r. No, what was the drop.io drop.io slash n a p r i m e r n a primer. Good enough. By the way, today we're also uh, on the Backup No Agenda stream since we've... uh, This is the one thing we didn't have a problem with today, but we had the problem the last two shows, is the stream seems to just disappear for certain parts of Gitmo Nation. So uh, Chris from Allentown, Pennsylvania has set up uh, noagendabackupstream.com, which is fantastic. So we're actually streaming on the backup server as well. And should something happen to this stream then I can switch our broadcast signal over to noagendabackupstream.com and uh, 
and we should be able to continue the show from there. So if that happens, then uh, and you don't hear us anymore, then that's the place well, now, to check well, out. Now that that's available, that nothing wrong, you'll be fine. Of course. Once you set up course. the backup. Once thing, you set up the backup, then it never fails. Of course, it never fails. That's the idea. <laughs> that's that's why we do it, <laughs> and we really appreciate it, Chris. Uh, producer Chris from uh, Allentown. Great, great job, man. Really appreciate that. That really helps out. So we did, uh, we did have some people supporting this show. And of course, we have our, uh, our special 10-10-10 lucky karma. I think probably what's happened is all of our karma has drained away and hopefully, hopefully it's, it's going... It's kind of people getting work. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We can handle it. Uh, but we do have people that we need to thank for uh, getting us uh, or keeping us on the air. And uh, I think what I'm going to have to do is take a portion of... Uh, well, it's actually going to be a large portion of uh, of our support money and get a new computer that is dedicated to the task because the I think the power Mac or the, or the Mac MacBook Pro is just it's just not reliable enough anymore. So we have uh, a number of again I want to remind people who've donated to the uh, Triple Ten uh, Knighthood, uh, which ends at midnight tonight. By the way, anyone else wants to get in on this? It's just a short list. But anyone who's uh, who's uh, donated to that fund. Uh, they will have standalone executive producer uh, privileges that we're going to put. I was going to do one a week, but I'm or one a show, but I'm going to change it to two because we got enough to. I don't want to get too backed up. So uh, we're going to. So if you're you're going to be mentioned today, but you won't get your executive producer thing until a future show where you'll be a standalone executive producer. Right. That means your executive producer name yeah, instead of just a yeah, list. It's a, yeah. Instead of just putting you in a whole list. By the way, you're also going to be on a special ten ten ten. Uh, night page at noagendashow.com right uh, but we are going to give everyone who became um, uh, the super executive producer with the 101010 promotion their own executive producer credit and and you and let's please Eric please let's track this properly okay ready yeah <laughs> We got some producers this week. Yeah. First, we got three uh, donors to the 101010 knighthood, which is uh, I'll mention them Zen Garden. Uh, and uh, Zachary Giesman, who, by the way, appears to be a sysop. Uh, Zen Gardens from uh, Milan, Zurich, I think it's Switzerland. G- I think it's Giesman. No, he says right here, Giesman. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Gies- Last name pronounced. Gies- that's what I would think, too. I would spell think it Giesman. Right. Okay. But he has it has down his last name pronounced Giesman. Actually, Giesman. Thanks for the great value provided. Your continued support. He's a sysad. Men uh, in Moses Lake, Washington. Thank you very much, and power I, to the appear- sysadmins that they'll He's save the us. He's sysadmin for the lake, right? It's you drain it and see what happens. <laughs> Yay! Uh, ba- and then Bonslav Amanov, Boroslav. Oh, that's right, Boroslav Marinov. It's the it's the font, right? Boroslav Manov, uh, or is it Marinov? Boroslav Marinov. Marinoff. Yes. Uh, Aliso Viejo, California. Uh, and uh, they'll be executive producers on a future show standalone. This week's executive producers from last week are, will be Nicholas Pelsmacher, standalone executive producer, and David Hoffman. Okay? Uh, well, we're, we're after the show, we'll run through after that the again. Show, okay? yeah. Meanwhile, we got executive producer Lawrence, Lawrence Roik, uh, who's now Sir Lawrence at Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Uh, he's uh, actually going, he's already been a knight, knighted and he's looking for a second one. Uh, and then we have one that you can pronounce. 
Wouter Selyer. Who gave us three thirty three thirty four? Uh, he wants to be a knight, but he what doesn't want the free penny that we toss in uh, for people giving three thirty three thirty three, uh, thinking it's uh, it's just too too much of a drain on the resources. <laughs> to hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> for us to cough in the penny. Uh, uh, meanwhile, he wanted uh, you to pronounce his name and Wouter. Uh, yeah, Wouter from Hilversum, North Holland. Yeah. And for some yeah. reason it says United Kingdom, but that's not true. I know that's not right. It's the, that's a PayPal error. Yeah, really? PayPal registers that as United Kingdom. Awesome. He says he's going to go measure himself for, by, for the uh, knighthood ring. He's going to stick his finger in a hole soon <laughs> to get the right size. I'm not sure what that means. Uh-huh, right. He believes the NSA is interrupting our stream. I don't think so. Yeah. Paul Couture, uh, 33333. Now, Paul had, uh, a, Paul had a message here. Uh, so, first of all, he... Uh, blah, 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 what has he said? Uh, he set up... Uh, been out of touch. He said uh, he wanted to know if we could mention secretariatgame.com. I have no idea why. Because he's working on that to show that he's doing something with his time. <laughs> he needs something legitimate for his uh, tax return. <laughs> and then uh, two, three uh, associate executive producers, uh, Nelson Ferreira in New Rochelle, New York. Uh, he wants to be, oh, I'm sorry. Great. Only credit his wife's name, Indy Hoffman. Way to go, John. <laughs> well, you know, I read the name before I read the note. She's a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan, especially the Marvin, the Paranoid Android. So 10, 10, 10, he goes 42 special episodes, very fitting. Uh, and so we'll, she'll be the one. It's going to be her, not him. Indy Hoffman is the uh, exec- associate executive producer. Okay, wait, wait, I, wait, wait. Before you do the next one, hold on a second. There's like some note here. Oh, great. Now, <sighs> these two. Oh, gosh. Okay, Nelson Ferreira. Okay, so she now mentions no, his name. No, I'm not says, supposed to mention it. Uh, can you guys s- simplify things, yeah, can please? You, can you just, like, hop in bed together and, and you screw two. each other? You you need to, like, get together and do something. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> like, don't mention We're it. We're not this your middleman. This is for my wife. No, this is for my husband. Like, you guys, <laughs> like... Don't mention my name. Don't mention my name. And at the end of the month, it's like, hey, how come we don't have money for gas? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, we love you guys, but, you know, uh, yeah. boy. I don't know what right. to say. I don't know what to okay, say either. So they're getting mentioned some, I, I don't know. But they're, <laughs> supposed, they're, they're associate executive producers. Uh, and then we have Shay O'Brien from Ventura, who's uh, got nothing to say, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would be it for our executive uh, associate executives for this week. Wow. Okay. So again, we will have a separate page for all of the uh, ten, ten, ten nights. Uh, that is going to be at noagendashow dot com. We'll have a standalone producer for every single show um, moving forward for everyone who uh, became a ten, ten night. And then, of course, uh, executive producers for uh, today's program: uh, Zen Garden, Zachary Giesman. Borislav Marinoff, Sir Lawrence Roik, Wouter Slayer, Sir Paul Couture, Associate Executive Producers, Indy Hoffman, Nelson Ferreira, uh, and Shay O'Brien. I think I got it there. So this is a real credit. A lot of you are already putting it onto your... Uh, you know what I've seen, John? I've seen people put uh, credits on their, um, on their email signatures that say, Future Night. 
I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah, that's, no, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, future, future night. night. But this is the real credit, the one you really want. And I don't care. No matter, you know, you can have a small thirty thousand dollar budget movie. Um, if you got a credit on that, it's still an official credit. It really counts everywhere. And unlike the douchebags in Hollywood, we will give you the uh, the vouch that you need when someone calls up and says, "Hey, is this for real?" We say, "Absolutely." All the rest of you out there, go out and propagate our message loud and proud. Our formula is this: we go out. We hit people in the mouth. Righto, right. righto. All right, so, we're into the show, finally. Oh, brother. Yeah. Sorry so, about uh, that, man. I'm really sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, it sucks. I'm sorry. Uh, it's nothing you can do about it. No. I blame Steve Jobs. Fuck or him. Or George Bush. <laughs> yeah, George Bush. That's his, it's his fault. <laughs> so, uh, so they're pulling people over in uh, Arizona. Yeah, for no good reason, right? Well, uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, they, they, this guy, one of our uh, producers wrote in saying that he was uh, got into an accident. And so then uh, after the, uh, they, the cop took down all the information, some uh, organization, the uh, actually, oh, prevention. Okay, hold on a second. I have to get the, my little pad. Okay. This organization, get by the mic. Pacific uh, Institute for Research and Evaluation, which is a uh, kind of a, a, an umbrella organization for an operation out of Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Keyword Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Prevention Berkeley, research. the spooks. It's where the spooks are. Yeah, isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. I mean, the more evidence we get about <laughs> about the about Berkeley, Berkeley, yeah, yeah, it's like okay, uh, Prevention Research Center in Berkeley. Uh, is doing research, and so I'm, I'm reading this, and I started looking into this, both these operations, especially the Pacific Research Center, where the head guy, uh, who's pictured on the website wearing a Hawaiian shirt and looking pretty funny, uh, they have a, they have this sentence describing where he is. He's actually not working out of Berkeley. He's quote unquote outstationed, outstationed, which is a sounds like a like a buzz term for to me. In the San Diego field office. Oh, yeah. Field office. Spook. Field office is always like a... But outstation, it sounds like outstation. What? what? <laughs> well, it's, it's what? like... Yeah, it's, whenever they say station, that's a CIA code word. Station yeah. is, uh, you know, you're station chief. You're the, it's a station. By the way, interesting uh, side note to trains there. But, yeah, it's a station. It's a CIA thing. And who was in San Diego recently... Uh, with all those buzz things buzzing around, that was you. Yes, it was. And you still think it's fishy. A lot of black helicopters. Yeah, one every ninety seconds, there was something flying by. Yeah. So anyway, so he's out stationed there at the field office, and uh, meanwhile, they apparently are te- testing people for. Uh, they're, they're, according to our source. They pulled him over. Uh, I mean, they didn't pull him over. They, they did the thing about the accident. And that, then they to- he apparently grilled him about this. So they found out a couple of things. One, in Arizona, they're going to be routinely pulling people over just out of the blue to grill them about alcohol use. Right, because what they did is they, 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 they gave him a survey. They actually paid him for it, right? 15 bucks or something. 
Yeah, but by the way, if you're going to get pulled over for this, you can hold out for a hundred. Yeah. Just say, look, hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do your right. survey. Hundred bucks. So, folks. what do you think is behind this uh, pulling people over and uh, and asking them, a, do they drink? Do they ever drink when they drive? And I think did they also ask him for a, a a blood test? They were doing that or a or a swab. And I I started looking into this and I discovered that this has been going on since at least 2007 around the country. There's a bunch of reports coming out of Colorado where they've been pulling people over out of the blue in supposed checkpoints. And then, and then the Pacific Institute for Research and Evaluation would come up and say, look, we're, we're, you know, a independent organization. We're, we're doing a survey on alcohol use and the, this, and that apparently these operations, both the Prevention Research Center, actually it's all really the Prevention Research Center. All they do is work on alcohol related and drug related issues and how to prevent them. And if I, and if we're going to stick with our theory that the that the uh, various intelligence organizations are responsible for the drug trade, there's a couple of curiosities here. One, when you go through any of the any of the information on the PRC site or the Pacific Institute site, then they talk about drugs and they talk about there's huge reports on on new out of the Australian field office and elsewhere in Alaska field field office on on huffing and marijuana and, and just about everything you can imagine and I could not find anywhere on the site the word heroin. Huh. No, because that's the that's the drug we want you on. We don't want so we don't no want to take heroin, that away from heroin's you. No, never that's, mentioned. Oh, that's good stuff. That's that's like, the, if actually the cocaine is rarely mentioned, but heroin is never mentioned. That, which I find peculiar. But anyway, I believe I was thinking about this. What the heck what difference does it make? I mean it could be market research. You know, this is like a reverse version of market research. You you try to figure out, how, you know, what people are doing, what would makes them want to drink, and maybe we can shift them over to heroin uh, by understanding the process. Because yeah, there's report after report, some of them are wild, very interesting, very inter- interesting to read. But uh, I started thinking about it, especially since it's been going on since 2002. I believe they're trying. I think this is a marketing thing, but it's got nothing to do with heroin. I think it's. Either they got some money, or this is a huge. These operations are huge, by the way. I think it's to switch over from uh, breathalyzers to some other technology, and there's a bunch of new ones out there. Many using a swab, and I think they're trying to get people to to take a breathalyzer because this guy said he had to take a breathalyzer, and then I think they swabbed him or they did something else. And I'm thinking, well, why are you doing two? It's just to compare the accuracy of these things. So they can try to shift people away from using the breathalyzer because the breathalyzer, nowadays, you can get one for 30 bucks. They're a fixed cost. And these little swab things, these things you can swab with uh, to get alcohol content. Well, th- well, this is clearly, this is a multi-step process, John. And, and Mothers Against Drunk Driving is involved in this. So I think ultimately we want to first uh, get everyone onto the Scram bracelet. We want to make sure that, that you're not allowed to drink. And when you're not allowed to drink, what are you going to do? You're going to reach for some horse. I can't drink anymore. What am I going to do? What if, what, is not, what if they not talked about? Let's see. Mm. Oh, that's right. Heroin. That's not a problem. That's okay. Because there's no issue with that. It's a multi-step process. In fact, the first step has got to be to any, anyone who has even smelt alcohol, let's pull them over. And, and let's, let's give them an injunction, slap a bracelet on them. This is well, all- I mean, I think I think you, there's some something to that, but I, I think the specific thing they're doing here, maybe maybe it's all leading there. It could be. It wouldn't surprise me. But I still think it's to is to is to get away from using breathalyzers and start to use uh, 
uh, swabs because the swabs are two dollars a piece, and if you swab a hundred people, that's two hundred dollars, and you know, and you could probably charge the taxpayers charge four hundred t- yeah, for that, exactly, exactly, as opposed to twenty nine bucks for one breathalyzer or a hundred bucks for a professional one. Well, well, this this does tie into an interesting uh, news report I came across from Houston. Uh, which do you mind you just listen to this because you'll I think no, this go. will put some pieces together for you. Some people are calling it driving while almost drunk. There's a new campaign underway to create a new category of driving while intoxicated. I'm News reporter Kevin Quinn is live from North Houston with more on the proposal and reaction from Mad Kevin. Yeah, Dave, the MAD chapter here in Houston supports anything that will get drunk drivers off the streets. They see this potential new law as another weapon in a police officer's arsenal. If supporters get their way, it could soon be illegal to drive in Texas if your blood alcohol level registers at .05. Now, just so we know, .08 is the legal limit, and now they're talking about .05, which will have... Right, and it's arguable whether you're really drunk at .08. It used to be .1 and .12 in most of the country. Yeah, but now now we're moving towards just zero. And they have a name for it, too. Listen. The problem of drunk driving is so... This is uh, the interim... Manager for MAD. Rampant. MAD Southeast Texas Interim Executive Director Jennifer Northway says the move could save lives. It's important that as a community we look at ways that we can contribute to creating a safer a safer community. Right, and let me just remind everybody that MAD makes tens of millions of dollars a year on uh, these special courses that are assigned by the judge. You have to go to MAD. You have to pay for it. And they pay themselves 65 or maybe even 70% of the money they receive in their own salaries. Current law makes it illegal to drive if you have a .08 blood alcohol level. The new law would be called DWAI. Drive- ah, DWAI. Oh, yes. It's like Al-Qaeda on the uh, Arabian Peninsula. It's... <laughs> C-W-A-I. While ability impaired. Ability impaired. You know how many people are on the road whose ability is impaired to drive and has nothing Most to do with drugs? Everyone. Yes. He's just an the idiot. The entire Chinese community around here. <laughs> Austin's police I'm chief sorry. Is I'm just kidding. No, you're not. <laughs> he says it more accurately reflects that a person was driving after drinking, opposed to someone pleading to a lesser charge. That doesn't indicate that the driver was impaired. Good to know, he says, if they do it again. So if the person doesn't learn their lesson, they get treated as as the repeat offender that they are instead of being treated as a first-time offender. Ah, there dick. it is. There it is. He's that dick. He's a cop. Oh. He's a cop. Some worry that such a law could amount to de facto zero tolerance on the roads. Eventually, anybody that's driving in the city of Houston or anywhere uh, in the state of Texas after 11 o'clock at night near a restaurant or bar uh, is going to be susceptible being stopped, arrested, and convicted. There you go. That's it. That that's where it's going towards. It, what you? Hey, you drove by a bar and some beer splattered on you. Come here, slave. You're coming along, son. That's about it. That's totally what it is. Wow. Yeah. Well. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, we start off a nice, depressing note. <laughs> hey, I uh, I've done a little bit of research. I got a. Uh, first of all, do you have the prediction book there, John? Yeah. Let me hold on. Okay. Okay. What Go. did I predict about? Wait. What's the date? Today's ten. Today's ten. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Wait, let me get the date. What did I uh, say about a future uh, oil crisis, and where did I say it might happen? Let me go back a couple pages. 
<laughs> you don't have any fucking book, do you? Norway. <laughs> right. No, you said Norway. Uh, oh. Yeah, there was. there's a tanker now sinking in the English Channel. And, uh, of course, the news is not, uh, not accurately reporting it just yet, but it's a chemical tanker uh, filled with heavy pie gas gasoline. What is that? What's, what's pie? pie yeah. P- hey, Martha, did you eat enough of that apple pie? I'm getting a lot of gas. <laughs> pie gas. P y g a s. Pie gas. Do you know what that is? Pie gas. No, well, I have no idea. Anyway, you think I'd know it, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd think you would. So uh, it, there was a collision. Now, and it's amazing because the, the, this is the entire report is like. A chemical tanker which collided with a cargo ship off France's Brittany coast overnight is being towed okay, toward the French right, stop, port of Brest. Stop. stop. Pie gas is a naphtha-range product with high aromatics content used either for gasoline blending or as a feedstock for a BTX extraction unit. It's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Is it good if it gets in the water? Uh, well, it evaporates fast. Okay. That's good. I would hope. So, so th- th- no one is re- really reporting on this. It's like, ah, oh, don't worry, just a little collision there. And, uh, but they've turned off the tracking system because, you know, you can track. Wait a minute, I take it back. It's heavy pie gas. Heavy I mean, pie it's gas. It's probably not going to evaporate it's fast. Good. It's a pyro- pyrolysis gasoline. Yeah. A product of ethylene. Pyrolysis. Man- pyrolysis. A, a product of ethylene manufacturing contains a large amount of the industrial solvent benzene. <laughs> right. Well, that's kind of the drawback. That, that's, it's, it's a downer. So this thing is sinking, essentially. They've, they've pulled the crew off the ship with helicopter, but no one's really reporting on it. And, and what the, the worst thing they've done is they've turned off the tracking system. All these ships have tracking systems, kind of like, uh, um, like an airplane has a transponder. And they've turned it off, so now we can't even follow what's happening with it. But don't worry, says the, the Coast Guard. No imminent threat. Certainly no imminent threat. Don't worry about it. Please carry on. In, enjoy your television. Dancing with the stars. This is it. This is, uh, you're going to see, this is it. This is, uh, this is probably the uh, disaster that, uh, that we've been waiting for. Mm, uh, sound. Yeah, okay. If they're not playing it up, what's the point? Well, hold, well, you, and by the way, let me let me mention there's something. a schedule. That, this no, is like the fall schedule. It's not on the schedule yet. It, maybe it I'd happened like to too early. Where, do we know where that pie gas came from? Uh, let me see, because I, I don't know why you would ship the stuff on a tanker. This stuff is ready to be blended in the gasoline and sold, you know, locally. It doesn't make any sense that you'd move it, especially to where you're moving it to. I think they just the, the collision happened too early. It was traveling from Italy to Amsterdam. Amsterdam, really? You'd think Rotterdam, but for some reason it was going to Amsterdam. That's interesting. And it was struck by a much larger ship. Yeah. You know, it's not hard to fly out there and get some video. You know, that would be a good one to blow up. So you'd move it to Amsterdam for purposes of... I don't know if they have a blending facility in Amsterdam. This is a blending No, that's stock. all Rotterdam. Rotterdam is where all that... Yeah, happens. Rotterdam's where the action Amsterdam is. is for the cruise ships. Maybe it was misreported. Uh, well, it's certainly underreported, and I think that when benzene, you know, and oh, don't worry, it's not leaking. Yeah, okay. We'll see. But the real news today is something that uh, we actually didn't catch, uh, or I didn't catch, because I was all over the oil cabal. You remember uh, the guy who's in charge of the $20 billion BP fund to... Uh, to help everybody in the Gulf. Yeah, the which, goofball. Yeah, Feinberg, which, yeah. Uh, which I th- who also was in charge of the money for the 9-11 victims. The guy's a total, total shill. 
So, yeah, so, totally. so Obama appoints him, right? Oh, you're going to be the guy. You're the paymaster. You're going to take care of everything. You're going to oversee it all. So this fund, which is literally a an escrow fund, it's not a, it's not like BP paid the money to the government. Who do you think is uh, so? So if they put this guy in charge, right? Obama made a big deal about it. Put the guy in charge. Uh, who's in charge of this guy? I don't know, Timothy. Well, let's go back and listen to his testimony. And I can't believe we missed this. Uh, let's listen to his testimony, and then I have some news that came out just yesterday. You have, obviously, a very able staff. Um, are they working pro bono? No. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no are, are you kidding, kidding me? Are you out of your fucking mind? We don't work pro bono. <laughs> With this kind of money? Well, hold on. Who decides, con- well, who decides their salary? BP is paying for the entire cost of this facility. Who else? Okay, and, but who decided on what their salaries would be? I've, I've submitted proposed salaries to, or I will submit proposed salaries to BP. Okay. BP has already been paying about 1,500 people in the Gulf. Okay. We'll decide who should be continued and who shouldn't. Okay. But on the issue of who's paying... So, so, okay, so, so that's the part that I actually kind of didn't really hear or overlooked, and I'm quite angry at myself because I would have made a bigger deal about it. Shouldn't the government be overseeing this this guy, and shouldn't the government be paying these people? I mean, it doesn't make sense to have BP paying the people who are in charge of determining who's going to get paid by BP. Sounds like a conflict of interest. So let's hear about who's in charge of them. For the cost of this facility, it's obvious to me that the only responsible party to pay for this facility has to be BP. You can't ask claimants to pay, and you can't ask the government to pay. Well, can they tell you they disagree with the salary you've set? Suppose they could say it. But I suppose so, but why would they? Because they're going to please. Uh, okay, and you mentioned one final thing. You mentioned jurisdiction. Uh, who set your jurisdiction? The jurisdiction. Now, listen to this. I love this. All of a sudden, the guy goes from stammering and stuttering to spitting out the line that he has rehearsed a hundred times in his head. It's almost like me saying the lawsuit between Mr. Curry and MTV Networks has been settled out of court. Neither party has any further comment. This is something that he's rehearsed. Listen to it. The jurisdiction has been established by the government and BP. The government being The administration. Oh, the administration. The and BP together. Mm Mm-hmm chose consensually chose me mm-hmm. um, and explained my jurisdiction yeah. to me orally orally yes and that is my current jurisdiction. so there's nothing in <laughs> writing there's nothing in writing no i've seen, no, okay, I've seen nothing you. in writing well it came out here here it is kenneth feinberg and his law firm have been paid more than two and a half million dollars in three and a half months to administer <laughs> the 20 billion dollar fund the, here it is. The London-based oil company agreed to pay Feinberg Rosen LLP in Washington a fee of $850,000 a month, which started mid-June, uh, running through uh, October 1st. And uh, there's only 10 people working on this. So, so every one of these jabronis who works for Ken Feinberg is making like seventy grand a month for pushing papers around. And, and quite frankly, I find it unbelievable that this big deal was made of, oh, BP is going to put up this fund, they're going to pay all this money, and then the guy who is in charge of paying out the money is paid by BP, and handsomely at that. 
Well, the more they pay him, the less money he'll dole out. Exactly. So far, only $1.14 billion has been paid, and even that, of course, is... You can't even check it. Right. So it just blew me away. A, I'm upset that I didn't hear that in the, in the, the first time around. It's like, how, how can people... Do, and, you know, we don't talk, no one talks about this anymore. It's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's all solved. It's all taken care of. Yeah, it's like the $8 million websites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shame on Kenneth Feinberg. Shame on him. For 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 being such an oh, obvious. We're just getting the American taxpayer. Well, at least it's well. We're just the American public, I should say. He's just getting screwed left and right. Um, all right, good one. What you got, Johnny boy? You got you sent some. I, I mean, I got tons of stuff, but I'm sure you got. Okay, well, I want to talk about something that that's come up in the conversation on and off again, and I want. I promised I was going to talk about this a little bit, but uh, there's a book, and I want to to alert the book club. Um, Noagendabooks.com. Noagendabooks.com. The book is called uh, Nullification, and it is. Uh, I had the page up, and I don't. Uh, it's uh, you look up, go to Amazon. T. Amazon. Get to the point of the book. We'll find the book. Okay, we'll find it. The point of the book. You know how we've been hearing what, when when people talk about. Uh, let's see the, the the Tea Partiers. I'll ask you. I'll grill you. Okay. And when P- Tea Partiers talk about the Constitution, the Constitution, the Constitution, the Constitution, what are they talking about? About the Constitution, the Constitution, the Constitution. What about it? Well, what's the what's the big deal about the Constitution? We do we have a Constitution, and and so we want, what are we doing wrong that the Constitution has to be mentioned in every you know sentence? I don't think half the Tea Parties know why. So okay, <laughs> it, it has to do with the Tenth Amendment. Oh, about the uh, the states' rights, states' rights, essentially. It's not. It's it, it's actually when the it, this book, which is called Nullification: How to Resist Federal Tyranny in the Twenty First Century by Thomas Woods, mm-hmm. who's done a number of other interesting books, but I think the book club should definitely have this available for people. Uh, discusses the fact that until I don't know Roosevelt, we the states. It's not just a matter of states' rights. It's it's a matter of the Tenth Amendment, whereby whatever the federal government does in terms of rules and laws, and let's play a clip so we can kind of get into this, start with just a simple clip, uh, the first nullification clip, rant one. But this is left out of the discussion. And well, actions speak louder than words. I don't care what they said in 1798, 1799. I don't care about some letter they wrote. I care about what they did. And when they were faced with a federal government they thought was out of control, they said, no, we're not going along. The Frankenstein monster does not tell Dr. Frankenstein what to do. We are not going along. And there, are ex- there is example after example of this, again, that I chronicle in the book. This is history that has fallen down the Orwellian memory hole. However, thanks to the Internet and all of you good folks who are determined to learn the truth, who don't want to learn some comic book version of American history, who are willing to concede that maybe they learned the the wrong thing or an incomplete version of American history in fourth grade, you people happen to have very long, retractable arms. You can reach down into that Orwellian memory hole and pull out parts of American history that we're supposed to forget. We're not even supposed to know about them, much less discuss them. Okay. So, okay, so one of the things that, that we're discussing here uh, is the, the the concept that 
unless something is specifically written in the U.S. Constitution, any, any federal law that is written can be nullified by any state who wants to nullify it because it's not in the Constitution, because all those rights belong to the states. And he goes on about the fact that we do have a federal system. We do not have a national government that people keep ignoring the fact that it's not a national government. It's a federal government. The states have priority over the net, over the federal law, and that's the reason, the only reason that, that alcohol was made illegal. It took a constitutional amendment for prohibition to take place. This has never, there's never been a constitutional amendment for the illegalization of marijuana, for example, California being a, a good example of the semi-legalizing it, or any other drug for that matter. It's the states that have that opportunity unless a constitutional amendment is passed, and it's never been passed. So the fact that the feds come into California and they start busting people for drugs when, it, when the Californians say that it's fine, is completely an abrogation of their responsibilities as a federal government. And this is what's going on and is being accepted. Now, this guy in this book outlines this better than anyone I've ever seen. This is really what they're talking about when they're talking about the Constitution. It's talking, and it is, a, it is kind of about states' rights, but it's, but it's more to it than that. It's about the system that we've created. Play clip three. Oh. You got. I had clip two ready. <laughs> Sorry about yeah, that. Sure, you would. Uh, yeah, here we go. Okay, I'm liking this. By the way, um, let me, let me just while I'm getting that ready. So, the when you when people when the Tea Party, who I'm sure a lot of them don't understand, but the Constitution of the United States, essentially everything else can be overridden by the states, and 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 that's this guy's point is if the feds come in to bust marijuana shops of which there is no constitutional. Uh, law against marijuana, then really the California National Guard should shoot them. Absolutely. Okay. Look at South Carolina's Ordinance of Secession, December 20th, 1860. Notice what they're complaining about, because we get a lot about, well, you know, the, the, this had something to do with the Civil War. I don't know what they're talking about. I mean, p- people have read like half a sentence, and they say, this well, wasn't the Civil War all about this. Well, yes, but in the way, it, complete opposite way from what people think. What does South Carolina complain about? in this ordinance of secession, that the North is nullifying too many laws. You talk about nullification today, and people say, oh, that's some crazy Confederate idea. What are you, some kind of evil Confederate who wants to enslave people? I mean, again, this is the sort of Pravda propaganda we have to deal with here. Like, people won't even have an honest debate with you. They just reduce it to this sort of Pravda kind of language. But in fact, look at the reality. The reality is the South is upset that the North is nullifying. The North is nullifying the fugitive slave laws. So this is not a Southern doctrine. This is not a Northern doctrine. It's an American one. This was the point of the American Revolution. To create a society that consisted of a collection of self-governing communities. Not one single consolidated whole. The world was lousy with those. The world already had a million of those. Where the government of France dictates to all of France. The world already had that. You know, the United States was trying to be a little bit unique, and we've thrown this legacy away completely. I like this guy. This is a Thomas E. Woods Jr. Yeah. Nullification, how to resist federal tyranny in the 21st century. This guy is laying it down. What a smackdown. This is great. This Now, John, first of all, thank you very much. This is what No Agenda is all about exposing you to people who actually can tell you the truth and assassinate the stupid media and the bull crap that we've been living under. And this is exactly, I mean, and, and this, you, this can, the same can be said for Obamacare. 
Uh, oh, yeah. No, and everything, almost anything all the feds of this. do. Yeah. If it's not in the Constitution specifically. It's none of their business. They need to butt out. The states can can can, can and should have their own laws and regulations. And right. if you don't and like it, you can go move the, to a different state. Well, he brings that possibility up because one of the arguments against this, somebody apparently says stuff like, well, if one state nullifies this and that, and another state nullifies other things, you have different, you have inconsistent laws, which is the way you have anyway, by the way, because all the states have their, yeah, I well, mean, you, I remember, can't remember, take a right turn on a red light in New York. Yeah, and remember, I can take yeah, a right exactly. turn on a red light in California. How's that any different? Yeah, and you uh, used to be able to drink in, uh, in, uh, in Connecticut when you were 18 and you went to the next state over across county lines. It was 21. Right. And, that, and, and of course, they're trying to – the feds want to make it their law. Well, we're going to make it universal 21, and so they do stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is they can't do stuff like that. It's uncon- Unless it's in the Constitution, they can't do this. up to the states. This is not a national government. That's the key. Play a clip four. My answer to the idea that maybe the states, some states will do some things and some will do others, my answer is, so what? That is the United States that the framers of the Constitution tried to give us. A group of self-governing communities. And yes, Vermont might be different from Texas, which is different from North Dakota, which is different from Maryland. So what? That's what differentiates it from every lousy regime that exists in the whole freaking world. Can't we have some respite from centralized government somewhere? Oh, yes. Praise the Lord. I need some respite. What is that? <laughs> in other words, the respite means a, a, a removal. A, you know, a, uh, like taking a vacation. That's the word of the day, respite. Is it R-E-S-P-O-T? R-E-S-P-E-O-T. No, Give it's me not respite. It's respite. S-P-I-T-E. R-E-S-P-I-T-E. Respite. <laughs> so anyway, so he goes on with this. Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me. R-E-S-P-I-T-E. Yeah. All right, let's go. Might as well get this over with. Let's go to clip five. Second objection. What about the supremacy clause of the Constitution? Doesn't Article 6 talk about, doesn't Article 6 say, and as you hear endlessly in the media, when, the, when they even deign to discuss the subject, they'll say, well, federal law trumps state law. Really? Is that, that's what you, I would give you an F if you thought that's what the Constitution says. What does the supremacy clause actually say? It says, and I'm paraphrasing, that the Constitution... And laws in pursuance thereof shall be the supreme law of the land. Well, nobody who supports state nullification denies that. That's not the issue. The issue is, is this particular law that we're confronted with, is this one in pursuance of the Constitution? That's the issue. Nobody denies that a constitutional law is indeed the supreme law of the land. The question is, is this one constitutional? So, the, so citing the supremacy clause simply begs the question. It shows you don't even understand the nature of the debate we're having. So, for example, imagine proposing the Constitution to the states, and it had a clause in it that says, the Constitution shall be the supreme law of the land, plus whatever all laws, constitutional or not, we may choose to pass. Who in his right mind would ratify a document like that? No one understood it to mean that. Of course, it doesn't mean that. The point is that unconstitutional laws are not the supreme law of the land, and that's precisely what we're saying. And, and that's what's so beautiful is we picked up on the law of the land meme uh, months ago where this is being shoved down our throats, where the president stands up and passes something and says, it's now the law of the land. Slaves, exactly. this is the law of the land. You've got to believe it. This is what you're going to believe. They have completely mind-controlled us into not understanding, indeed, John, what the Constitution is. 
And that's why the Constitution keeps coming up in the debate. He mentions one thing for an example that nobody wants to talk about anymore, which is the fact that the states still do have this power. Most of them are too timid or worried about their federal funding to do anything with it. But he did mention the fact that the federal ID program has completely been scrapped because no, none of the state, most of the states actually say, screw you. We're not, we have our own ID program in our state. We don't want a federal one on top of it. And so they just rejected it. And the feds said, well, Okay, never mind. We're sorry we even brought it up. So that so that so the possibility exists that you could do this more often. But let's f- finish that clip. Uh, six. Oh, that was the end of that clip. Yeah, I got all I got. I got six and two, which we skipped. Okay, well, go six is a good one. Uh, another objection. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The the six, you don't play six. All this. Okay. Hold on. That six is the six is a, is an interesting argument. I want to save in case it comes up in the conversation. You can play two, and you get a little idea more about the uh, about what was going on during the Civil War or before. People the Civil are War. handing out flyers and handbills saying, "Look, we're going to have a giant rally here in Milwaukee, standing up for the powers of our states to protect the innocent against the incursions of a federal government that knows no constitutional limits." The states standing up for poor blacks who had no one to stand up for them. This is gone from our history. Now, of course it's gone. Of course, if if you wanted to exercise absolute power, what version of U.S. history would you want to peddle? Well, one in which, of course, the states are always evil, the federal government is always a progressive force, you know, only a jerk or a would-be Hitler would want to stand up to the federal government. Of course you'd want to pass off that version of history. Unfortunately, it happens not to be true. And it's long past time that we resurrected the real version, not the comic book version, of American history. You know, uh, so this is, uh, and I will put a link in the show notes to this. Uh, It's available on Amazon. I'm going to buy this on my iBooks uh, uh, right after the show. I'm going to read this before Thursday's show. Nullification, how to resist federal tyranny in the 21st century. This guy, finally, someone actually says it and says it correctly. And and the educational, I, I wonder... Parents, I'm sure we have parents who listen to this program. Ask your kids what they're teaching them about the Constitution in school. And I guarantee you this ain't it. I mean, this he no, said no. it so eloquently. He said the whole idea was instead of having one big government like all the other Gitmo nation states around the world, which has always been the same over and over, the idea was to have a small collection of communities where, yeah, if you live in Tennessee driving around with a shotgun in your gun rack and having a can of beer next to you is um, maybe more acceptable for that community. Well, maybe not, but, you know, I'm not in Tennessee, but I can understand where it might be. And if you're in California, you want to smoke some dope, that's acceptable to us. That's what we're okay with. And the federal government has nothing to say about it. Right. Love that. Wow. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's what the Tea Party movement's actually about. Sometimes they don't even know it. And, 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 and I'll tell you, the media definitely doesn't know it. They don't know it. They, they're all with an, all, all on board, all in, all pushed all the coins into the middle of the table for the, for the idea of a national government that, that trumps state government when it's not in the Constitution. And you even have people like Pat Buchanan, by the way, who's supposedly a right winger, who would love to scrap the Constitution. He said so a million times. He says we should have a new, and him and a bunch of other guys have said we should, we need a new, we need a constitutional convention. We need to get rid of this thing. And the reason we gotta get rid of it is because of its, of the, of this basic nature. Now this is starting to boil up, by the way. This is new. This is, I mean, this has been floating around a little bit in the background. 
background, but with this book and some other uh, move and the Tea Party movement, this is going to start if they do teach-ins and teach people about teach-ins. This. Yeah, let's do a teach-in. I love that. I'm telling you, these big meetings should have people lecturing about this. Beck should talk about it a little more. Now, this guy does mention something. I don't have the clip, but he said, "Then this." Oops. I was waiting for that to happen. Including Rush Limbaugh or any of these guys will discuss this at all. And why is that? Well, you tell me. I think because they don't know because it's been so. This no, is. I think it's because they're not on board with it. Really, you know, Eric just sent me a note. He says uh, they aren't teaching the Constitution in school. I learned about it from a poster that John and Mimi put in my bathroom. <laughs> And you know what? At least you put put a poster of the Constitution in, in your kid's bathroom. At least they'll learn something. Well, they're taking a crap. I mean, this is, you know, <laughs> so that's the respect that the country has for this thing is disgusting. Was that your was that your educational idea? Is hey, wait a minute. If we put this in the kid's bathroom while he's taking a dump, maybe he'll read it. <laughs> I like that. It's a good idea, John. That's a, you know, that that kind of nullifies the uh, the, the the fact you put your kids on a leash. <laughs> yeah, you're never going to let that one go. Uh-uh, no so, way. Uh, <laughs> so, beautiful, beautiful. This is this is this is phenomenal. You win, you win. I can already tell you right now, you win. You have opened up my mind into a whole new, simple way of saying things. And and uh, and it seems like this is something that this should probably go into our primer. By the way, people can use this and say, "Do you know what the Constitution actually?" says and how it works and how the united states are supposed to work and instead they waste these kids time learning about how many senators there are and how many people in the house of representative who was the 16th president who was you know don't waste their kid the kids time with that teach them this simple fact the united states was meant to be a uh, a collection of individual communities who had their own ideas and we all kind of get along and we share some costs on some general stuff yeah like uh, defense yeah we Instead, don't want California having its own, you know, um, uh, ICBMs, stuff like that. But then they do have the power of taxation, so they tax us and they build an army and they do the rest of it. I mean, they, they have powers. The Constitution is pretty clear. It does a bunch of things. It can do treaties and all the rest of it. But it can't tell you, unless there's an amendment, that, that marijuana is illegal in California if California says it's legal. And the fact that the feds are still cracking down, sending people in, and nobody's complaining about it, or like you suggest, bring out the National Guard and tell these DEA guys to go to hell. Until that happens, you know, this is going to continue, and everyone's going to accept it. Well, it's a federal law. It's a federal law. This is very subversive, by the way. This book, Nullification, you should read it. Everyone who's, who's listening to this show should read this book. You don't, it doesn't take much to figure out what's going on, but it's a very interesting uh, tome. And it, and, it does, and it does bring out the fact that the school systems are, have, been, have been brainwashing the kids not to pay any attention to it. Oh, no, 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 don't want to hear about this. No. Well, and I think Gitmo Nation Deutschland has the right idea, according to a recent poll by uh, ARD, Deutschland Trend. 94% of all Deutschers now believe that demonstrations are necessary before the government will listen to them. And I think we've got to have teaching demonstrations, and maybe we've just got to go out there and really, really show our teeth. And I'll be driving the Saab up front <laughs> with a flag. Well, Wood points out the fact that, you know, in Germany, before it hit the rise of Hitler, it was pretty much a, kind of, it was a very similar federal system. And uh, 
And the first thing Hitler did was eliminate the federal system because he didn't want all these little communities, Bavaria and the rest of them, to uh, have their own ideas about anything. How you, cool, how, you can't how, have a, a dictatorship, a virtual, a real, a virtual dictatorship, a real dictatorship, or any other sort of of onerous uh, without system. bloodshed, without without <laughs> slamming the door on this idea of a federal system. You John, can't how, do how, it. How beautiful is it? That on ten 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 day we talk about the Tenth Amendment. Coincidence? I think not. I love it. That's I love it. One. Yeah, you're good, man. This is great. And by the way, the Tenth Amendment wasn't added just as as a joke. Which the, the Supreme Court, by the way, you have that that what's her name? Uh, <laughs> Jiki, uh, <laughs> no, actually, I, I think they were sitting around going, "Hey, man, I got a great joke." Let's put this one in. <laughs> Let's yeah. see what happens the, the, in two hundred years. Current Supreme Court liberal members. Um, have all sloughed off the Tenth Amendment as, eh, you know, it's, it's old, it's old-fashioned, it doesn't mean anything, it's not important. And it is the one, key ingredient. And once Obama gets one more person in, the Tenth Amendment is going to be, you know, they, I'm surprised they just don't go to, 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 uh, to repeal it. I mean, it's, wow. it seems to me. Well, we have to fight that. We have to fight that. Well, luckily, this book, I think, which is a nice, small, easy-to-read book, is out, and it summarizes things better than anyone I've ever seen summarize it. And now it's like it's out there. There's a nullification movement wow. in the country. That's great. Nullification. I love it, John. That's fantastic. Great great job on that. You actually opened my eyes to something here. You keep doing that. Could you stop? I once in a while. I yeah, no, you did it last, last two shows with the, with the tax breaks for the rich. You know, this is, uh, this is great. Oh, I have something for you here, John. Shadow Puppet Theater. So amongst uh, Rahm Emanuel leaving, which, of course, was the big news. Oh, Rahm's leaving. Rahm's leaving. And, it, and I encourage everyone to go uh, to whitehouse.gov and watch the video. Uh, it's very interesting how our president is, like, slapping Ron, Rahm. Uh, you know, he doesn't really look at him, but he walks in the by face? in the arm and then oh. he, but he's very arrogant. He walks by, hey, Ron, boom, and slaps him on the arm and walks, walks past him, kind of like he's pissed at him for some reason. I mean, I can't really dissect that. But what's interesting is amidst all of this uh, incredible news about Ron Emanuel leaving, oh, like we didn't know that was going to happen. There was another shadow puppet theater swap that uh, got almost no attention. Let me uh, play a little bit of the press conference. Good afternoon, everybody. Everybody. Yeah, buddy. When I took office, I pledged to do whatever was required to protect the American people and restore American leadership in the world. And over the past 20 months... Wait a minute. I thought you said you were going to fix the economy. That's exactly what we've done. Uh During this time, I've relied every day on the advice and counsel of my national security advisor, General Jim Jones. When I talked to Jim about taking this job shortly after the election, uh, it was a difficult decision for him. Uh, he had just retired from the military, uh, had a wide range of family obligations, uh, but <laughs> because of his patriotism, uh, his dedication to keeping America safe, uh, we were able to agree that he would serve. Uh, but he asked that we would, he would serve for about two years. Uh, (laughs) He didn't agree that at all, at all. Thankful that both he and his wife, Diane, agreed to make that sacrifice. Additional sacrifice. Sacrifice. It's a sacrifice, I tell you. Today, as we approach that two-year mark, I'm announcing that Jim has decided to step aside as National Security Advisor 
later this month, and that he will be succeeded by his very capable deputy, Tom Donilon. Okay, deputy. So this guy is no deputy. This guy was retired. Thomas E. Donilon, D-O-N-I-L-O-N, the newest member of the Shadow Puppet Theater. I would like to share with you a little bit about this guy. Um, he worked as an executive vice president for law and policy at Fannie Mae. <laughs> Fannie Mae, the federally chartered mortgage finance company. He worked as a registered lobbyist. Hey, wait a minute. That can't be. No, that can't be. That can't be. Before his appointment, now, he was a partner in the Washington law firm O'Melveny and Myers, where he advised companies and their boards on a range of, quote, sensitive governance, policy, legal, and regulatory matters. Spook. Total spook. Could you have a worse guy come in? I mean, of course, he's NSA, so you expect the guy's going to be a spook. But it's like, come well, NSC, on. National Security Council. It's like, please, yeah. come on already. I mean, so they're, they're just washing every, everyone's bailing, and now it's like, now they're just taking over. And no coverage on this whatsoever. I have not seen a single news article about this. Why would there be? Because the, the, the National Security Advisor is an important job. Why would the news media? They've, they bailed out on us like, what, 20 years ago? Yeah, I mean, it's what's... Yeah, yeah it's true. You, you're not really stunned. You're just no, saying... I'm not, I'm not just, really stunned, but... <laughs> no, here's what I the, am stunned. Here, here's what the news media does. Let me, let me play a little clip of... Uh, this is just so you can see how dumb the news media is. Listen carefully. Tell me if you hear the obvious error in this announcement from Fox News. It is the scourge of the world right now. Homicide bombers, suicide bombers, those who are willing to fly buildings into airplanes. That's right. I'm reading the teleprompter, and it said I'm flying (laughs) buildings into airplanes. Let's listen to it one more time. (laughs) Those who are willing to fly buildings into airplanes. I'm flying my building into an airplane. That's what the news media brings you. That's why they're called meat puppets. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's just great. That's just great. Actually, in Gitmo Nation East, the news media is even better. Uh, (laughs) This this is, is, you know, we have tough names to pronounce sometimes. We want to get to that in a moment uh, with our uh, supporting donor segment. But in the... uh, in the United Kingdom in Gitmo Nation East. So the guy is reading the teleprompter, and it's an Indian uh, government official whose name you spell D-I-K-S-H-I-T. And, uh, what? The guy, yes, and the guy actually, well, he's supposed to be Dixit, because that's how Dixit. you pronounce an Indian name. But listen yeah. to how the guy goes off on it, and then actually how he likes, like, and, and remember, I, I, I believe I said that in a generalization, there's a lot of... Uh, um, racism in the United Kingdom. I'm generalizing, okay? But in London, yeah, I think I can generalize a lot more. Listen to uh, how this elitist dick shit, this guy, laughs about this person's name. Anyway, um, so there's that yarn. Also, the dipshit woman. <laughs> God, what's her name? Dick shit. <laughs> Is it dick shit? <laughs> oh, dick sit. Oh, dick sit. Dick sit. It oh, just no. looks different to what you say. Well, looks oh, right. Like dick shit. I know it does, Paul, but it's not that. It's there's, dick there, shit. There she is, there. Sheila Dick Shit. 
anyway, and it's so appropriate because she's Indian. <laughs> I mean, what this, exactly? <laughs> what? Oh yeah. Because she's Indian. This because she's racist. Indian is appropriate. Her name is Dick Shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, brother. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's your news media in Gitmo Nation East. That is on the BBC this morning. <laughs> you want to hear the that's rest of it? It's like, it's like 30 seconds left. So she'd be Dick and Shit, wouldn't she? Do you know what I mean? Paul, her name you know what I mean? Street is Ms. Dixit. Oh, Dixit. <laughs> well, that's what I said, isn't it? No. No, you did not. <laughs> It's so funny. Else. Can we just have another look at the key? It's just so funny, isn't she? So, how uh, we, we asked Mr. Uh, we asked Mrs. Dick, Dick Shit what the condition of the apartments was like. Well, they're a bit mucky. <laughs> anyway, so that's a bit funny, isn't it? No, Dick. it's not. It is if you're in the fourth grade. Yeah, exactly. Not when you're on the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> what a douchebag. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's a total douchebag. I'm telling you. That's what, your news, that's what your news media is doing. And meanwhile, we just had the most outstanding conversation about the Tenth Amendment and how the United States was set up to be different, certainly from the kingdom. And certainly from the EU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is pulling well, a fast one. Totally pulling a fast one. On all those one. little countries that should be self, you know, we don't want France to be other than France. It's different. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah it's talking sure about is. using the word shit on the air, though, you got to listen to this clip. This was taken from CNBC World, and it's a descriptive thing. It's going to see where is it on here? Uh, X Factor, X Factor buzz term. Play mm -hmm. that. Okay. To reserves at a fast, at a, at a rapid pace over the last few months, have got relatively few choices to where to put the money. And the fact that China is showing clear support for Greece is China still needs to diversify. Europe's still one of the places that is putting that money. No matter how stupid you might consider that investment to make, that's where the money's going well, hang to. On, Simon, what I liked about the Chinese statement was they're not saying we're going to just chuck five billion dollars at the Greeks and to say this is a little bit of a, a soother for you for your problems. What they're saying is actually good, hard business. Greek companies will have funds made available to buy Chinese ships. This is one of those <laughs> X factors that's been missing in the equation so far, i.e. if the Greeks are going to get them out of this, they need to do it by commerce. They need to do it by exporting something, by trading something that no one else is doing at a better price. And shipping is one <laughs> Chinese shit. Chinese shit. I love that. That kind of that kind of just flew right through, didn't it? That's cool. Yeah, nobody even batted an eye. Well, it's okay. I'm, I mean, that's that's more like no agenda than anything. You know, I have a real problem at this very moment. Um, it is now eleven twenty-four. Typically, the show would be over by now, and I have not uh, peed for the since uh, seven o'clock. <laughs> Do you mind if I just take a quick little break? Well, I mean, if you want me to, I can start re uh, I'll, 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 I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll play the national anthem. It's 49 seconds, and uh, you can start uh, reading the thank yous, and I'll be back uh, by then. Okay? It should yeah, work. Yeah, go hit All it. Right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation national anthem. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be. Sources and servants in all lands and all ships and sea. From the east to west, down under to the lowlands and beyond. 
there you go. That's our new theme. By the way, that'll be downloadable for people shortly. I mean, I'll make it a link somehow. That's that's great. Let me. We're gonna mention some of the people that donated the show. As you know, the show is a hundred percent listener supported, and that means uh, pretty much we don't take any advertisements from anyone. We don't interrupt the show with advertisements. We do interrupt the show to thank the people who give us uh, 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 donations, uh, generous donations. Wow, Secret- Secretariat has nothing on me. You know, you got a bladder problem. But no, I, gonna, but I haven't peed since 7 o'clock. You're drinking too much water. 7 o'clock. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Give you me a break. <laughs> Normally, I pee right after the show, but we started more than an hour late, so I'm sorry. Philip Chin in Fredericksburg, Virginia, starts it off with $149. His name is Paul Chin from Virginia Beach. <laughs> so much for PayPal. My donation is significant because I'm celebrating my wen- wedding on 10 10 10 and giving $42 for each of us, plus another 65 from the attached story. That totals 149 which is a special prime number called the Chin Prime, which is my exact last name. The wiki page calls it Chen, C-H-E-N, but with an E, and the Chinese characters are identical. I'm sending you a longer email with the Demon Drink story about how I got the money for this donation, which was the, uh, um, some story, or rather. You see the one that got pulled over? Yeah, he's the one that got. Yeah, he's the one that oh, got. That was in Virginia, then not Arizona. Yeah. Um, Jacob Smith, Tacoma, Washington. That was the story we told earlier, by the way. Jacob Smith, Tacoma, Washington. I'd like to send out a karma shout out to my best friends Dan and Dylan for awakening me with Ron Paul and No Agenda. Keep up the good, good work. <laughs> We're now mentioned forget. in one breath with Ron Paul. Could be. Uh, worse. Uh, I can't read. It's some. Oh, I can't pronounce it. Uh, Keep up the good work and don't forget to consume your required amount of Florida in Hot Pockets. (laughs) Hey, hey everybody. Hot Pockets. He mentioned uh, Ayn Rand, I just might as well say. Uh, Tacoma, Washington, $110.10. kind of. John Smith, or Sir John Smith in Alpharetta, Georgia, $100. Uh, uh, He's a big Jim Smith fan and uh, he wants to be the John Smith. Uh, he also paid a, he wants to send a big YouTube watch out. You put it, we're going to put a link in the show for his, uh, his YouTube video, which is, con- I guess, condemning people for not uh, donating. Oh, okay. Mick, Mikolai Lachinsky in Warsaw, who's not, who's actually someplace else, I believe. His daughter, Zuzana, was born on the 20th of September this year, and his name is pronounced Mikowai. And I keep mispronouncing it, but now it's Mikowai. Okay. Uh, Benjamin Blondin, uh, Brook Park, Ohio, of $84, which is 42 times 2, double karma. A plug for <laughs> at Ben Blondin on Twitter for people looking for someone to follow. B E N B O L N D I N. And 101010 is his 25th birthday. We'll get to that in a minute. Yes, we will. Bradley Serbo, or Serbu, in Naples, Florida. Uh, donate $75, which is 1.58757329 grams of gold. Uh, <laughs> which is at, which is at uh, 13.45 as of Friday <laughs> and rising. Uh, which means the donation will be continuing to go up. Well, no, it won't because he turned it in the cash. Samuel Jones, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Double nickels on the dime for a de-douching. Mm. Caught me off guard there. Sorry, I was in a drink. Bag. Oh, whoa, no, I didn't mean oh, to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> You've been de-douched. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. That was horrible. I mean, like, I have to give him another de-douching just to get, just to get that goop off of him. You've been de-douched. 
Yo. He apparently got called out in episode 185 by Charles Ross. Charlie's birthday was October 5th, and my wife Kristen's birthday is October 12th. I want to mention Charlie, mine, and other blog, Sector930.com. Sector930. Uh, what's 930 refer to? I have no idea. Hmm. Joseph Van Dorp. Rockford, Minnesota, or Michigan. I'm sorry. I've been listening ever since Adam showed up on Twit. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. Intelli- you mean like someone actually comes to the show because of me? That's interesting. Wow. This is an no, anomaly. It's interesting that it would be Twit that <laughs> triggered it. It was a great appearance. You know, why wouldn't they be listening? Because I was on Twit. Because you're, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to be on Twit again. Uh, do you think Leo's ever going to ask me back? Uh, uh, we'll discuss it later. <laughs> okay. Your intelligent deconstruction of big media's not so hidden agenda is extremely refreshing. I need some ten, ten, ten super karma for my job as a web developer and achieving physical fitness. Yes. So uh, there's an I would assume for that. It's out of shape. Yep. Yep. Michael Schultz, Palm Beach, Florida, fifty-two forty. A uh, whole bunch of uh, he's a big anti Sarbanes Oxley guy, good. which is good. And looking for VC money, looking for karma. John really missed Inside Track that helped IT people stay informed. What was that? Was that from the 70s in a column you wrote? It was from the 1920s. Right. Hey, John, uh, do me a favor. Will you yeah. just call me back? Because you're so on the verge of breaking up on Skype. It's like, it's just, now it's becoming super annoying. Okay. Yeah, I'll hang up on you. Okay, now that we're finally alone, we can play all these jingles. Douchebag in the morning. He's a jackass. Coincidence? Epic fail. Okay, that should be enough. Call back now. <laughs> hey, how hard is it to hit the call button? You there? You there? Yeah, I'm right here. I hit the call button. I was waiting for you. All right. Okay. Hey. Yeah, it's a little better. Why don't you turn off the video? Yeah, because I don't want you to see me. If you have a camera, I'll leave the camera on. Ugh. All right. That this is okay, okay, where, is do I sound a little better? Yes, much better. So that was Jordan Wyatt. Because uh, we've been on the air forever. That's okay. Uh, we're, I did Van Dorp and then Michael Schultz, a long uh, Sarbanes-Oxley right, thing, and he right. uh, he's going for a knighthood eventually. loves the show. Happy 42. Yes, happy 42 to you. Matthew that. Perkins, Temple, Texas, Czech Republic. What? It's, 5230. That's what it looks like. my first donation. I'm still a douche. Was going with forty two, but f it. I wanted a mention, <laughs> so it's forty two ten plus ten ten. Hope it's enough for a line and a blow job. Oh, how about a dedouching instead? <laughs> You've been dedouched. The uh, the blow jobs are reserved for Stephen Pelsmakers. <laughs> Pelsmaker, <laughs> Jordan Wyatt, Inver Cargill, Southland, New Zealand. Wow. Please read in full, if not just the last URL. <laughs> just the plug. Uh, he talk, He's the, like a, a guess. He, he's a vegan. A, he's a vegan. He's a vegan guy. That's why he wants all this chit chat. Well, I'll, I'll do the chit chat because it's funny. Hey, Adam, your admission to the prestigious Green Beret PMC of No Agenda Vegans will be confirmed once you've been scanned for animal byproducts. Veganism is not a diet but a lifestyle. Next time you're at airport security, just ask for the super fast line involving a. A colonoscopy, not much different from what Americans typically suffer at airport security by your accounts. Once confirmed, clear of animal body byproducts and L- Ludovico techniqued into future avoidance of animal byproducts, leather, wool, eggs, milk, silk, we'll be happy to send you a cheap green beret from eBay. Yeah, we should have just done the URL. You're right. Abolitionistsapproach.com. Right. Now, the question on my mind, when, since when has silk 
<laughs> you can't have silk. It's a worm. But it's just worm crap. <laughs> you can't have worm crap. That is against the Green Beret of the No Agenda vegan standards. I don't, it doesn't silk. really make any sense to me, to be honest about it. Silk. Yeah, uh, Mike Serbin in Las Vegas. I figure that I pay this amount fifty dollars and one cent to, to get Tom Hartman and Mike Malloy podcast. I might, well, that's interesting. I might Farm. as well get the same amount to Crackpot and Buzzkill. Farm. We're just a little to the right of Darth Vader. <laughs> Tom Hartman. I don't know about that. that's not true. We're we're libertarians. We're Sean Rice, Calgary, Alberta. He calls out Jeremy Ash as a douchebag. Douchebag. Donate fifty bucks, and we have our uh, upcoming nights: uh, Robert Alter, Lisa Lang. And uh, then we have, uh, which is in the list here, Peter Richards uh, has got a birthday coming up. He wants karma. Shout out to <coughs> Jeff Smith, which we'll give him anytime he wants. Kevin Kolyar in Wenatchee, Washington. He wants to wish his uh, beautiful yeah, wife, yeah. Margie Lou Col- yeah, we've, Collier. We've, we've got her on the list. We've got her on the list. And uh, happy birthday. And then Patrick Silva. Uh, another birthday call out. Here, right. So we can Let's get to do it. It's your birthday, birthday! Walter Sevier, who was uh, executive producer today, uh, happy birthday to him, 101010. Benjamin Blondin, also uh, celebrating on 101010. Samuel Jones wishes his wife, Kristen, a very happy birthday. Her birthday is on the 12th, and Charlie, whose birthday was on the 5th. Peter Richards says, happy birthday, Jeff Smith, 101010. It's his 35th birthday. Kevin Colliar congratulates Margie Lou Colliar on her birthday on the 12th. And Patrick Silva's wife says happy birthday to Patrick, whose birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday from all of your loved ones and your buddies here at No Agenda. It's your birthday, yeah. And can you give Patrick Silva a de-douching? Of course we can. You've been de-douched. There you go. So I think uh, we should probably... I think we should uh, roll with it, Johnny boy. You have, your, uh, you have your sword there? Yeah, hang on. Yeah, we got it. Zen Garden, Zachary Giesemann, Giesemann, and Borislav Marinov, step forward, please. As you now are joining the elite ranks of those who will soon bear the ring, once you stick your finger in the hole and send us the size. Because of your support of the No Agenda show in excess of $1,000, we now knight thee. Sir Zengarden, Sir Zachary Giesemann, and Sir Borislav Marinov, Knights of the Noah Jound Round Table, please enjoy our hookers and blow, or our Cabernet and Rent Boys, whatever your preference is. And we should mention that Lawrence, uh, Sir Lawrence Royk, who's already a knight, is now a double knight. A double knight. Double knighted. There you go, Sir Lawrence. Do you get another ring if you're a double knight? No. Hmm. Well, maybe. No, we'll have to come up with something else uh, uh, for the double knights. Something special, yeah. But we won't say what. Otherwise, I, I get. Ha- I have a feeling it's gonna it's gonna involve me and Felatio, and I'm not liking it already. No, no. <laughs> I'm not liking where no, this. No, you is only going. got the Pelsmarker thing. We're gonna cut it off. Pelsmarker for sure, though. Uh, I'm in. I'm in on Pelsmarker. He's, he's like he's gonna he's he's actually gonna help us buy a Probably new Mac. Illegal in Belgium, so that that'll get, get you off the hook. I don't think so, man. You look at all those elitist bastards there in in Brussels. I don't think it's, that's probably all they do. <laughs> That's what they do in the EU. Yeah. So uh, this is one that kind of went. Uh, a lot of people emailed this. I thought it was quite funny. Uh, you know how we uh, always laugh at the uh, town hall meetings that uh, the president has, 
and uh, how nothing is left to chance. Even the woman who says, I'm tired of defending you. So a casting call went out for audience members for the, uh, the town hall meeting that uh, Obama is doing that is being um, uh, uh, hosted and broadcast by MTV, BET, and CMT. And so oh, here brother. it is. Uh, President Obama Town Hall in D.C., uh, MTV, BET, and CMT, that's country music television, who are the producers, are casting the audience for a town hall meeting with President Obama, shooting October 14th Wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you, you're confusing me here. Uh, if it's a town hall meeting, you, don't, you wouldn't cast people. Yeah. It's not like a movie. No, we are. It's a casting. <laughs> no, no, that's not possible. Let me, let me uh, answer, let me read the rest of the casting call so you know if you, uh, if you fit. So this is shooting October 14th, 4 p.m. in Washington, D.C. Uh, if you're available, we're seeking audience members, males and females, 18 plus, to apply email audience at mtvnmix.com and put town hall in the subject line to ensure that the audience represents diverse interests and political views, include your name, phone number, hometown, school attending, and your job, and what issues, if any, hold on, more. <laughs> I got to click on more. There's more to this. They're so casting. This is funny. Oh, okay. Then you have to subscribe to get the... Oh, this content is for subscribers only. Log in or subscribe now. Oh, I see. So if you really want to cast, then you have to, uh, you have to pay money. sixteen ninety five per month to see what? if you qualify. Yeah, you can't even get in this on the casting. It's supposed to be a town hall meeting, no. not a oh, no. rigged oh, no. subscribers oh, meeting. No. Please, that's all that it is. It's rigged. It's, this is... We always laugh about central casting, and there it is. There it is, right there. In plain black and white, and even worse, you have to actually pay for it. (laughs) You have to pay. You have to pay pay. to meet Obama. Why don't they just get carried away and say, pay to meet Obama? 200 bucks, you can be in the town hall meeting. So, uh, speaking of paying, so we know that uh, flu uh, flu season has come early this year. And oh, we've yeah. got to get the public uh, ready to take your combined shots now because we've got all this H1N1 vaccine floating around. We're combining it now with the regular seasonal flu. It's all in one nice little bundle of joy. And there's something called Twitter Moms. Are you familiar with Twitter Moms, John? No. Twitter Moms is a, a fine organization who um, essentially uh, band together to blog and Twitter important issues that uh, moms and uh, yeah, that moms uh, deal with. So, this is a very interesting posting that comes from Twitter moms. The title is, How Are You Protecting Your Family from the Flu This Season? Spread the Word, Not the Flu. To help spread the word about, so I'm paraphrasing some things here, to help spread the word about flu prevention, we are looking for great bloggers to encourage their readers to protect themselves and their families from flu this season. The Centers for Disease Control reminds us that the best way to protect yourself from the flu is, John, to get the flu vaccine. I thought I was washing your hands. Please include this as the main point of your post. In addition to this key message, include your ideas for protecting your family from the flu in your own words. You know why? Because they are getting paid to blog this. Who's this? What are we talking about? Twitter moms, Twitter moms and the link will be in the show notes, is... Uh, so there's an offer here to the Twitter moms, you know, just like Bounty would offer them, you know, to bl- blog about Bounty so that uh, other moms will use Bounty. The CDC is paying 
the Twitter moms to blog about getting the flu shot. Here it is. To participate, we ask you do the following. Create an original blog post on your blog in 250 words or more about, quote, protecting your family from the flu this season. Please include a thoughtful introduction and conclusion in addition to the facts, the facts, and your detailed ideas for protecting your family. We're trying to get the word out about protecting your family from the flu and reminding readers that flu vaccine is the best prevention. The main point we want to get across is the flu vaccine is the best way to protect yourself from the flu. Here's a great resource, cdc.gov slash flu. Now, per FTC guidelines, participants must include the following disclaimer as a footnote of their post. Quote, I wrote this blog while participating in a Twitter mom's blogging program for which I may receive a small thank you valued at less than $20. Shit, $20? That's no good. <laughs> Lots of moms would Twitter for 20 bucks. Well, I would think you should hold out for 100 Come on, the CDC, they're loaded with money. The blogging program starts on October 7th and submission window closes at 11.59 p.m. on November 5th. Full terms and conditions posted for your review at cdcflu.twittermoms.com slash terms. This is the Centers for Disease Control paying bloggers and mommy bloggers to tweet about getting the vaccine. Is that their job? Is that their job? That's seriously what is they're supposed to do? Is that their job to, to spend the taxpayers' money on seriously? stuff? Seriously? Wait, wait, let's go back in time as uh, you worked in radio. Wasn't there used to be a thing called a PSA, which stands for Public Service Announcement? Yeah. And the CDC, maybe they don't have anybody that works there anymore that even knows about this. But generally speaking, you would write up a PSA, which, which is a certain form, and you send it out at like a press release to all the radio stations in the country. And you just that would be it. It would be a public service announcement across the top of the thing. It says public service announcement. And they would read these things routinely throughout the day. Please, on radio. Please use the hashtag CDC flu in order to get spread awareness to your followers. This is this is psyops is what this is. It's bad. It's very bad. And it totally discredits Twitter moms. If anyone oh, yeah, is using it, they're, they're far they're, They have no status with me now. So if anyone sees the hashtag CDC flu immediately retweet, call these people out as shills and spooks. Spook moms is what we're going to call them. Spook moms. Shill moms. Ridiculous. Yeah, you need to get the flu shot. It's so important to get the flu shot. You know, we forgot to mention... Did we mention No Agenda? Uh, no, show we didn't. no, we and didn't. No, we didn't. And No, we didn't. No, we're stupid. We're too busy trying to protect people from indoctrination instead of trying to raise money to... To buy a new Mac. <laughs> yeah, to keep the show going. Dvorak.org slash NA. Uh, by the way, tonight at midnight is the last that we're no more 10, 10, 10 nights after 12 midnight. Uh, That's right. We're not, your money's no good with us. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it is a regular night. <laughs> your money's no good. Well, maybe we'll stretch it a few hours. But whatever the case is, Dvorak.org slash NA to give us a donation. We appreciate it. We need it. So, okay. Um, well, that was a good good find. I didn't know that. It actually came from uh, deep inside, and that's why it's anonymous. Um, and uh, so this is what I love about our show. And uh, I'm looking at the, the chat room has never been this full. The stream is at its max. So this is good. Um, although, you know, we are going to have to expand a little bit because uh, I think we can have uh, X thousand simultaneous streamers and we got to up the bandwidth or whatever it is. I, I'm, I'm looking into that. And the stream, okay. But the stream has been staying up. This is all good. 
But what's great about it is we have ex-cops, ex-military um, uh, people. We've got people inside all of these organizations giving us really useful information that helps you dispel the crap that is being shoved down your throat, not just through television, but now through social media and all other forms of, uh, of, uh, of communication. And we just have to be wary. You just gotta be, and that's what we do here. Support you, you us. You broke up completely. Yeah. Well, I, I was You fine. broke up. Yeah. I'm breaking up. Dvorak.org slash NA or channeldvorak.com slash NA. Okay, so uh, I'm watching Fox. Wow. And you know the thing tough, that happened tough, recently? Tough, 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 tough times. Recently <laughs> happened with uh, apparently Meg Whitman. Uh, there's a bunch of stories about her. Oh, she, she kind of fell apart with Jerry Brown in some... Uh... Well, it wasn't that. Jerry Brown called her a whore more recently, and then they also <laughs> she apparently had some... Did he say that? He said, hey, whore? You know, it was one of his assistants. <laughs> Wait a minute. He said, hey, Meg, you whore? Apparently what happened was <laughs> Brown was on the phone, and then he forget, he forgot to hang it up or something, and the, meanwhile was recording the conversation, and the guy says, you know, Meg Whitman's a whore, whatever. <laughs> but, the, but I'm... But but there was a thing earlier right. with uh, some. She used to have a, apparently an illegal alien working for her. Oh to right, her. right, right. This, this, so Gloria yeah. Allred right. got on the bandwagon. She's like some sort of a you know uh, activist. But, but just listen to this little report here, where where this guy uh, Frank Lunds, this guy who does a lot of these you know he, he does uh, uh, kind of focus groups. Listen to the pronunciation of Gloria Allred. By him, and then by somebody else, she's pronounced all right, all dredge, and then some woman finally tops it off by calling Meg Whitman Meg Ryan. <laughs> I mean, this blame. is what passes for entertainment on Fox or or, or, or analysis. Play that clip. If you blame uh, Gloria Allwright for having done this, for turning this into politics, raise your hands. More than half of you. Wait, do we have proof? Is there proof that Jerry Brown was behind all of this? I mean, everybody keeps pointing fingers at Jerry Brown, but it's, it's yeah, it could have been anybody. It could have been Gloria Aldred. In, in Jeopardy's way, by fraudulently filling out paperwork, Meg Ryan, Meg Ryan did not. Why no one feels sorry for the immigrant? It's ridiculous. Meg Ryan, that bitch. I saw her when she was saving Private Ryan. This is no good. She can't. She can't. She can't run. Ryan. Meg Ryan can't run. This is no good. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's Unbelievable. too funny. That, that's too funny. Oh, man. No wonder only people over 50 watch television anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah, no kidding. So they had, uh, so the, the, the marijuana thing in California is, is marching ahead. I cannot get any real good data on whether it's going to pass or not. You can talk to people and say, oh, it's not going to pass. I understand nobody's going to vote for it. So CNN did a piece on it on this show over the weekend called Right the Weekend or What, what the Week. It's called What the Week. WTF. It's like the, WTW. What the, what the it's Week. It's like What the Week. Anyway, this guy is kind of a character and he's, and this is the report. I might as well just play it. Uh, legalized pot on CNN is kind of as far as it gets. Christine in California, a vote comes up in November on Prop 19. That would legalize, regulate, and tax marijuana under California law. Not federal law, have you? Uh, a poll out this week suggests most voters in that state are cool with legalizing pot, but support is slipping a little. So who would be hardest hit by Prop 19 being shot down? Those who truly need it for medicinal purposes and, of course, the makers of snack foods. Those for it see this as a way to drum up tax revenue. Others see pot as a gateway to heart. 
Who wrote that? The makers the guy, of snack foods. The guy, for one thing, he says it's federal law, not federal law, state law. Like, it makes a difference. He doesn't I mean, know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know anything the about that part know. of it. And then he just rambles on with just vague information that none of it accurate, very superficial. So then he goes out on the street and gets people to say what they, what some jargon terms for pot and play it. Harder drugs. I hit the streets to see what the buzz was on the plant. Oh, funny. He had for the buzz. Oh, it's so funny. And with many a name. Reaper. Buddha. Ganja. Herb. Mary Jane, huh? Mary Jane, sir. <laughs> Salad. That's what my, my dad calls it. <laughs> but. Pie. Would you vote to legalize marijuana? Probably not. I would vote yes. I would probably be against it. A new study says it'll it'll save $8.7 billion in law enforcement. I just think it's silly how many people we have in prison because of that. Everybody does it. Might as well legalize everything. Let these people do what they want to do. You're going to do it anyway. Tax it. I mean. Yeah, people are going to do what they want to do anyways. That's just crazy. Because people are smoking it, that's no excuse to continue to do wrong. This, by the way, is a very effective way of uh, getting people... This is why I was talking about this at drop.io slash NA Primer. It's very effective. When people see a whole sequence of, uh, of people on the street, you are you are locked in. You will watch because you're waiting. You're like, oh, that I don't. I, I'm like that guy. Oh, I'm not like that guy. Oh, I I, I agree with this guy. You know what I'm saying? This is a very absolutely effective, very very effective. I wanna messes up your brain for two or three days. I worked for the railroad. Please don't smoke marijuana ever, sir. Right. If you're driving the choo choo, there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't it doesn't kill you. It's not like cigarettes that give you cancer. It's a leaf. It grows out the ground. It's a plant. All right. What does America look like if the whole country had legalized, regulated, taxed marijuana? Again, I think it'd be better. I don't think we need to legalize any intoxicant. Uh, uh, our bodies are so uh, uh, marvelously made by the creator that we don't need to create anything else into our bodies anyway. God says that he gives every green-bearing seed to mankind, which means every green-bearing seed, every seed. What else does God say? Can you give me anything that God says that doesn't have to do with green-bearing seeds? Yeah. What's the Spanish word for marijuana? Marijuana, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. that, that really helped, didn't All it? Right, did, didn't they bring you up to speed on the debate? Yeah, it sure did. Now I know exactly what to think. Meg Whitman's a whore. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I got confused with the last great report. Unbelievable. Fantastic. There's no, there's no honest discussion. There's no, uh, I mean, they did bring out, there's another piece to this. You don't have to play it. Uh, where uh, Huffington comes out just because she, she'll do anything to get on TV. And uh, it's, it's just laughable. The whole thing is, uh, there's no, you know, it's just, and there's the, nobody's advertising one way or the other for this no. proposition. I'm wondering whether it's going to pass or not. And then from our favorite company, Monsanto. they are uh, marketing a new gene, John, Jim. Gene, John? Gene, John, Jim. Uh, an aluminum resistance gene. Small-scale resource-poor farmers in developing countries face daily stress, including poor soils, drought, and lack of inputs. Ongoing trends such as climate change and population growth would likely exacerbate blinding stresses. A new generation of genetically engineered crop research aims to alleviate these pressures through the improvement of subsistence crops such as uh, cassava, sorghum, and millet. 
that incorporate traits such as soils as well as plants with more efficient nitrogen and phosphorus use, but mainly um, the fact that high levels of aluminum and barium are found in water, snow, and soil seems to be a big problem. And Monsanto is now developing and soon going to market uh, crops that have an aluminum-resistant gene. Now, when I read aluminum and barium in the same sentence, John, there's only one thing I can think of. And I have to say, it's kind of coincidental that Monsanto is developing crops that can handle these two things, the two chemicals that are most often associated with contrails. (laughs) <laughs> seriously <laughs> i was wondering where you were going with this one yeah well that, that there it is there it is it's funny you know they're not flying in california anymore there's no contrail so i guess there's no airplanes it's, it's, no, really, it's, it's the time of year there's not enough moisture in the upper atmosphere it's totally full of and shit. that's the reason that is so that is you were so wrong about that that is so not true it's the time of year, please. It's the time of year. Oh, same please. every you would have said the oh, same yeah. thing. In fact, you did. You probably yeah. said the exact same thing oh, last year. Yeah, it's the baffled. S- oh, it's a. That, I haven't had contrails in the sky for weeks. It's just because they've stopped chemtrailing us. That's all. So, that, so, so uh, Eric pointed out that we missed a night. Oh no! Yeah, Wooter. No, uh, and it's his birthday today too. No, I, he, I did his birthday. Did we? We didn't do his night. Remember, we mentioned the three thirty three dot thirty four, so he wouldn't. Ha- we wouldn't put in the penny. Well, this is stupid. Walter said, "Yay, come on over here, man." Let me just grab my sword here. I'm so sorry. Due to your uh, fantastic support of uh, the No Agenda program, and you have been uh, supporting for quite a while, we hereby proudly knight thee, Sir Walter, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Also, hookers and blow for you, my friend. I'm so sorry we missed you. We'll give you an uh, extra little gotta, extra little dent there, just to you got standalone, yeah, which is better. It. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Anyway, just uh, wanted to make sure he got that out of the way because he wanted to be knighted on 1010 day. And there you go. Is, so we've taken care of that. It's still 1010 day. We haven't got till midnight yet, but uh, it could have happened. <laughs> And John, uh, but you know, no matter what, all of our problems are really over. Because oh, uh, oh okay, yeah, all our problems are over. Because Michelle Obama is the most powerful woman in the universe. She is. Yes. She. Uh, Fortune. She can donate. Fortune magazine uh, crowned her the most powerful woman. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, the, the, better than Oprah. Yep. Better than Oprah and Lady Gaga. Although I hear it was a close, close call. Huh. Yeah, better than Oprah. She is the most powerful woman. They call her Eleanor Roosevelt with a Harvard education, which is pretty fucking insulting. Miss <laughs> Obama, known in equal measure for her fashion sense, well-toned arms, and a love for family-centered causes, shot 40 places up on this year's Forbes magazine list of powerful women, replacing German this, leader Angela Merkel at the top. This is Forbes, not Fortune. I'm sorry, Forbes. Yeah. For a woman who has spent only two years in the White House, the rise has been meteoric. How does she move up like that? Uh, who 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 determines these this 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 list? Well, of oh course. wait, let me guess. <laughs> Douchebags. You sit around. Now, by the way, I've said this before. I, I, I tell this story all the time because I used to be an editor. You got. Oh my God, we got to do our top twenty list. Hey, get everybody staff meeting. Let's sit around here, and then you get the the five editors. And you say, "What do you think?" 
Well, I think she should be number two. No, no, no. She should be number three. I think number two should be so-and-so. No, let's make her number five. And then you, you sit around while eating. It takes about an hour, and you have this bogus list, and then you put it out there, and everybody reads it, and then they bitch. Exactly. Exactly. And But, you know, they got the, the reason why is they got the president to come to their Forbes uh, announcement, and he's got Forbes all in the background there. Oh, that's the, the quid pro quo. Oh, yeah. So, hey, listen, we'll make Michelle the most powerful woman in the universe if you come and, uh, and talk about it. So we can, uh, what can we do? Oh, yeah, sell magazines. Right. I forgot about that. I have a, a shout-out to the makers of the Stuxnet virus, who I'm now convinced uh, this is a, a great meme machine, and uh, I'm a little upset, but the, you, you guys, you know, uh, the, the makers of the Stuxnet have, uh, have been uh, improving this uh, worm. So here's, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Now, the, the, so people keep coming up with all these memes, you know, it's like we have the dead foot, we've got uh, uh, the guy who, the, the, the dissident who was killed, and now we have the word... Murtus, M-Y-R-T-U-S, appears in the worm, in the code, an artifact the compiler left possibly by accident. That's, that, of course, is the Myrtle plant. Of course, that doesn't mean that Druids wrote Stuxnet, but according to the story, it refers to Queen Esther, also known as Hadassah. She saved the Persian Jews from genocide in the 4th century B.C. Hadassah means myrtle in Hebrew. There you go. It's, the memes just keep it on coming. It makes sense. So what you need to do in the next version of the Stuxnet is put a little in the morning in there. Okay? Just a little in the morning. It would be 1, N, 7, <laughs> eight. The binary. Yeah, do binary. Whatever it is. Just put an in, in the, the morning in, in the there. Hex. Please. And by the way, June 24th, 2012, when this thing is supposed to expire, that is a Sunday. So that's oh, good. good. We so, can yeah, have we, a special show. We'll have a, <laughs> we can have a Stuxnet show. But I, it's just, it's so, you know, and now, and by the way, a lot of smart people are emailing me. Oh, you know, this, this must have taken 12 guys. It cost a lot of money to make this thing. Yeah, I'm sure it did. How come no one's bitching at Microsoft for allowing this to, to propagate on their systems? You don't read anything about that. No. That's the problem. It's a worm that's running on Microsoft stuff. Get it already. Stomp so, it. So did we play this clip last week, the reality cop show with Guess Who? I don't think so, no. Well, here's a reality cop show with Guess Who. I just saw it the other day. <laughs> with Guess Who? Oh, I, I know who it is. <laughs> I know who it is. All right. I made a living in the movies, but for the past 20 years, I've also been a cop. And along with some of the finest deputies on the force, I serve the people of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. My name is Steven Seagal. That's right, Steven Seagal, Deputy Sheriff. You haven't seen this show? This show has been no, on I, for a while. I guess it's been on for a year, and I missed it. Yeah, oh, yeah. And he's a, he's a deputy sheriff, and he goes and he kicks some ass. He's Steven Seagal, <laughs> damn it. And kick your ass. Jeez. Yeah, Steven Seagal kicking some ass. I know. So yeah. so I came, I found the new, you know, we always do the drug, we like to do drug commercials on this show that, uh-huh. to show how ludicrous they are. They've moved up, they, although this is kind of an amateurish commercial, they've, they've decided to, somebody came up with this idea, said, you know, the drugs, they sell like 10x more than they would normally with these commercials. What about procedures? Oh, yes, we could, that's the next step because all of our drugs have run out of their patents, so we might as well start selling procedures. What procedure do you have? for me john 
balloon sinoplasty. What is sinoplasty? It's like a balloon up my nose? Yep. Cool. Let's listen to it. The pain, the swelling, the unbearable pressure you feel. Admit it. Your sinus pain has become so intense, you just don't want to take it anymore. So don't take it. There's a minimally invasive way for your doctor to open your sinuses now. By gently inflating a tiny balloon, doctors open swollen, inflamed sinuses, and it really works. I can breathe. Uh, I wouldn't hesitate uh, uh, for a minute to recommend it. Talk to a doctor trained in balloon sinuplasty. <laughs> balloon sinuplasty technology is intended for use by or technology. the of a doctor. There are associated risks, including tissue and mucosal trauma, infection, or possible optic injury. Talk with your doctor about the risks and benefits and to determine whether balloon sinuplasty is right for you. Don't wait another day. Go to help. Stick a balloon up your nose. <laughs> That's great. They blind you, but so what? Uh, stick a balloon up your nose. That's great. Awesome. This is a trend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, and I, I missed the clinically proven bit, but I guess that's coming soon. <laughs> we'll have some penile implants. Hey, uh, Billy Boy has done something good. Former President Bill Clinton has now just uh, kind of, you know, covered up. He, I mean, wait, it, wait. He's done his books. Is that what you're saying for no, the Clinton Foundation? No, no, he isn't. Oh, no. We're still waiting for his uh, 2009 books from the Clinton Foundation. No, he has not, not done that yet. No. Of course not. Remember, uh, raising almost a quarter of a billion dollars a year for the uh, William Jefferson Clinton Foundation, uh, salaries in excess now of at least what uh, the 2008 numbers, $60 million a year. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, heat on the guy about uh, no money going to Haiti. So what does he do? He, uh, he donates $500,000 to Sean Penn's Haiti charity, the J.P. Haitian Relief Organization. And uh, the shut up Sean Penn. The shut up Sean Penn, yeah, and here it is. Uh, rebuilding housing for more than one million people. Displaced by the earthquake will take time as teams on the ground continue to clear rubble and build infrastructure, including water and sanitation systems. In the interim, our commitment to the Petionville camp managed by JR, uh, JPHRO will ensure that 55,000 people living there, including many children, can access health care, education, and job training services. Until families are able to to move into more permanent homes, how about how about a tent? And then Sean Penn tells People Magazine, the support of President Clinton and the Clinton Foundation is an extraordinary boost in our organization's ability to continue its work in Haiti. From the beginning, the Clinton Foundation staff and leadership gave generously and shared expertise and essential logistical support. Oh. He had to say that as part of if the he, deal. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, he didn't get the money. I'm sure if Sean Penn had really wanted to say what he wanted to say, he'd say, where's the rest of this money these cheap bastards have stolen? Yeah, so there is a report uh, about the rest of the money, uh, which is in the Dallas News. You always kind of kind of got to hunt around. Uh, there's one million Haitians in 1,300 squalid camps. What does squalid mean? It means it's a shithole, literally. <laughs> okay. Thank you. The word of the day is squalid. A refugee advocacy group said Thursday more than 70% of camps in Haiti, home to an estimated 1.3 million earthquake victims, lack proper international management nearly nine months after the disaster, leaving them at increased risk of sexual and gang violence, hunger, and forced eviction. Hey, that's going to be great, that $500,000, and you stole the other billions. 
Just take it. How does everyone feel? How do you feel now that when you hear this, when you have to learn the word squalid and you texted your $10 to Bill Clinton directly, that money went directly into his foundation. And we've, we've, it's like unbelievable. Shyster play, play the Bush take clip. advantage of people's goodwill and Here generosity. It is. Here it is. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. That was Bush and Clinton together. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Squalid. Does it actually mean shit? It doesn't mean shit per se, but it means a shithole uh, in, the, in the common parlance. I'm looking up the word here in the dictionary. This, this is so bothersome. Uncamped, unsanitary, those words will crop up. Yeah, but it's, it's so bothersome that... Yeah, it doesn't really bother you. Yeah, it, well, it does because, you know, it's like everyone, everyone was on board, all of Hollywood. Hey, George Clooney. George, would you mind explaining this, please? This is what I'm talking about. Squalid. Well, we spotted it from the get-go. Squalid, extremely dirty and unpleasant, especially as a result of poverty or neglect. Yeah. Neglect, the, opposite, the operative word. Yeah. Big neglect. But the whole world chipped in. Everyone, oh, we, and we all had to sing, and we all had a little song. You know, and we all got our, our little moment of fame there, and we sat there in the telephone booth with fake phone ringing sounds, and we answered calls, and we talked to everybody. Oh, it's so horrible. We're going to help the Haitian people. Where are you now? Where are you now, I say? I what are you queuing your own material? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I am now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. How about the Twitter moms? Twitter moms, why don't you get on this instead of shilling for the CDC and the pharmaceutical? Why don't you start twittering about some real help for Haiti? Twitter moms. <laughs> the Twitter moms are a front, obviously. Mm-hmm. Government we, front. You know, we haven't talked about this uh, thing in Hungary either, actually. What? Oh, the the the, the uh, iron oxide. Uh, yeah, the 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 squal the squalid stuff that's flowing into the Danube River. Well, the thing is, you know, about this, I've, I get it's funny because the way they describe it on the mainstream media is as a they, they you know they call what do they call it sludge or they call it something I forgot to- they call it red toxic sludge. Red toxic sludge. Okay, well, it's, you know, I don't know how toxic, I mean, it is toxic in, in terms of you don't want your whole neighbor, you don't want your ground soaking in this crap. It's essentially iron oxide, which is also known as rust. So this was rust, I guess, as part of some industrial process that was kept in some reservoir. It's rust water, essentially, water that has been inundated with iron oxide, and I guess there's a ton of it in there. And so it's red and gooey. Uh, but it's not like uh, cholera or uh, or bacterial or dog shit or sewage. <laughs> dog it's, shit. It's hmm. iron oxide, which is like, yeah, you don't like. Yeah, you don't want to be. It's not. I don't know. I I just find the well, the, is, the so chemistry is it, is of it, it toxic not or the not? same as the way they're describing is what I'm saying. Hmm. Well, they describe it as some, you know, the toxic sludge is one thing. And, you know, iron oxide in suspension, which apparently is what this is. I don't know for sure. I haven't been there, uh, is something different because, you know, there's one. You say, oh, it's corrosive. If it gets on you, you'll drop dead. And since they had some woman on the one of the shows and she was up to her neck in this stuff. Old lady. She's like an old Hungarian <laughs> woman, a babushka. And she what, isn't dead. Babushka she she in the take mud. a lot of showers. Well, to she's get not, she's not dead yet. She's not dead yet. 
I don't know that iron oxide yeah, can... Around 150 people were injured by, the, and this is from the BBC, by the spill of up to 700,000 cubic meters of red toxic sludge, many receiving burns. Well, I'm not sure where that comes from, where the burns come from. The iron oxide, as far as I know, doesn't burn you. Well, how do you know it's? I, how, how can you be so sure about the composition? Well, I'm not sure about what it is. That's what I said. I haven't seen it, but this is what they do. And they, when it first happened, that's the way they described it. They said it was an industrial byproduct consisting of iron oxide. Well, perhaps we need to go and rescue uh, Hungary. Maybe we need to send some uh, send some, uh, U- money U- some UN troops in there to go and uh, do something. I mean, there's got to be a reason for this. If it's not all that toxic and they're playing it up, then there's clear that there has to well, be a I'm reason. Let's see. Iron oxide is how corrosive is is what we want to know. Emergency <laughs> crews have been working to dilute the alkaline content of the spill. Okay, that could be. Adding, that's what that would be different. Adding huge quantities of gypsum and chemical fertilizers to the waters of the Markal and Raba rivers, and it says here chemical breakdown of the sludge. Forty-five uh, percent is iron oxide. Ten percent is aluminium oxide. Five percent is silicon dioxide. Five percent is calcium oxide, and like three percent is titanium dioxide, and then a little bit is uh, oxygen bonded sodium oxide. Sodium oxide. It's a byproduct of the aluminium process. A lot of aluminum stuff going on around here. We got aluminum yeah. everywhere. Aluminum I don't know, oxide, maybe the sodium, uh, the, the sodium. So most of it is indeed iron oxide, which is rust. But then uh, aluminum oxide, aluminum is just is not good for humans. Aluminum oxide is the same as that white powder that you get on the outside of aluminum. That's aluminum. It's a, it's right. aluminum rust. Right, but you don't go licking it. It wouldn't kill you. <laughs> okay. Well, and the titanium, I'm not sure if that's corrosive. I don't know where the corrosive angle is in here, or the, the unless it's in a suspension. I mean, if they they would have said something about sodium hydroxide or ammonium hydroxide or something that is that is is basic um, and corrosive that they would need to put putting gypsum in. I mean, they would you could dump vinegar in there; it should do the job. I don't know. Hmm. It's, it's just mysterious. They're, they're, they need to bring a chemist on one of these shows and tell us what the heck's going on because I, these news reporters don't ask the right questions. This has always been the problem with today's modern news reporting, by the way. It's taught in schools, and you're taught to be a neutral observer to the point where you have no expertise whatsoever in anything. And so you go out and you ask, you ask you know, general questions. You never ask the right, right questions because you're not in that business like in the olden days where people who reported on the steel industry worked in the steel industry and knew what to ask nowadays you just ask you know these crazy general questions and then you write stuff it's down red toxic camera. sludge i tell you basically red toxic sludge it's toxic it's red it's sludge it makes and for yeah, good if pictures you, if you took and drank a cup of it you'd probably drop dead don't drink the red toxic sludge man <laughs> <laughs> so only a week ago we had this huge alert go out of course, to uh, vilify and to uh, uh, denigrate Pakistan, which is part of the program, which we have been talking about here for quite a while. Uh, now in the uh, Communist uh, Guardian, Barack Obama accused of exaggerating terror threat for political gain. What? No shit. Huh. And of course, this is already off the radar. We're not even talking about this anymore. The U.S. terror alert issued this week, or last week actually, about Al-Qaeda plots to attack targets in Western Europe was politically motivated, not based on credible new information. 
According to senior Pakistani diplomats, they're getting pissed off now. Now the Pakistanis are getting angry because yeah. because they're they're onto it. They know what's happening. And actually, we received a very thoughtful analysis from Eric from Portland, uh, one of our producers, and uh, he also notes. And uh, I mean, we know so little about Pakistan; it's it's almost not funny. But Musharraf launched a new political party on uh, October 1st. Now, October 12th, 1999, what happened then? Musharraf came to power through a political coup after creating a political party. What is probably going to happen, and I think that uh, Eric from Portland's analysis is uh, is right on, that what's happened now is... uh, so the, basically, it's a war between China and the United States. Who controls Pakistan? Okay, because uh, China wants it. It's very important for China to have Pakistan geopolitically for the transport of minerals and oil, etc. Just go look at Google Earth and you'll understand. Yeah. It lies right in a very it important It makes more spot. sense for them than us. Right, but we want to control everything. And we, and we want to be the boss of everybody. And certainly over the Chinese because they're moving in everywhere and they're grabbing all of everything. So we're basically setting the stage for a military coup. And I believe, now you know I, I'm big on weather modification, and, that, uh, and you cannot deny that this has been discussed in our very own government about the fact that these machines exist to modify weather. So a third of, a third of Pakistan is underwater. Uh, that, of course, gives us uh, the go-ahead to have relief helicopters fly in. Yeah and whatever drones we've got flying around. So I think that what will happen is, you know, Musharraf is a spook. He's a, he's a CIA operative. There's going to be another coup. They're going to kick out uh, whoever the current military guy is. And all of this, of course, is being communicated uh, through uh, Agent Woodward's book, which is highly critical of Pakistan, you know, to, to create some cover, some backstory, which is probably not true either. And we're going to go and grab uh, the Northwest Territories. Yeah, what so, we got to do So yeah. look for a coup. Look for a coup. Musharraf, oh, how coincidental that he well, has a new political I party. Coincidence? I think not. I think uh, we should have a pool. When, uh, when the, the coup pool. Yeah, the coup pool. <laughs> the coup pool. <laughs> Write that one in your book. The coup pool, oh. everybody. So, have we, you know, I think uh, you'll find out the timeline from the last time he formed a party and when he took over. I'll bet you it's going to follow the exact same pattern. That's my prediction. Uh, same playbook, 1999 all over again. They ju- they yeah, it would be the same playbook because right these guys, do, what, what, what would you change it? It worked before. It worked, it worked before. The stupid slaves, you know, whatever. So you do the same exact playbook that you did then, and then you take over, and then, you, of course, you're back in the, you know, the U.S. is back in control, which is, you know, with a, with a dictator, which is what we like the best. And uh, that's the, and then, you know, <laughs> I don't know him. what's going to happen after that. We love them. Economic hitmen, roll them in, everything's groovy. So I have uh, some possible end-of-show clips that might be kind of fun to listen to. Um, and maybe, uh, so there's, actually there's two, uh, one which you posted at Dvorak.org slash blog, which has been going around, although it's, it's kind of better in video. It's the, the two uh, 9-11 responders, the firefighters, who are talking about three different explosions. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, maybe you should just go to the blog to see that one. But I like the, uh, the Mike Maloney uh, explaining the dead cat bounce. 
And he's basically talking to a bunch of bankers, and they tr- keep trying to shut him up. Like, you have four more minutes, four more minutes, shut up, four more minutes. And then what he, was the, When was this done? Uh, this was done recently at some conference. I'm going to say in... It felt like it... Well, let me see if I can find it here. Mm. Of course, I can't find it that quickly. Um... But the, he he really goes into you know the head. It's very simple stuff. It's, it's some technical analysis of the head and shoulders, um, and the uh, you know the double dipping, all, all the stuff that means that, and also the fact that typically a, a new currency comes around every thirty or forty years. We're now at year thirty nine of the dollar. If you kind of take the seventies into account when we move to the uh, the oil, the petrodollar, and that there's going to be a new world currency, and it probably won't be the dollar. So do you oh, is that to, what he says? Yeah. Do you want to do that as an end of show clip or or not that interesting? No, I mean, I might as well play it. I'd like to hear it. I mean, I'm not a subscriber to the to the disappearance of the dollar as the main currency because I don't think back in the day when these currencies were being flip-flopped around that we had an economic hitman uh, scenario and, and, a, uh, and a system run by people that aren't going to put up with these changes. Okay. Well, we'll roll it anyway. It's like four minutes. It's, uh, it's kind of fun to listen to. And uh, the so we didn't get to today, but I, I mean, I really don't know what to say about it other than, duh, is uh, this kid who uh, whose car was bugged with a GPS tracking device, and yeah, the feds came to ask ask for it back. Yeah, he <laughs> finds this. This was on the blog, too. You can find it on yeah, it's there. It's everywhere. It's yeah, everywhere. Look up FBI. Anyway, they, so apparently the FBI put some, the guy was a, an Arab, and so they put, uh, they put a track, no, a no, huge no, no. monster. He was, he was an Arab. He was an Arab, you gotta say and they right. put this huge tracking device in his car, which <laughs> apparently he stick, found. A giant stick. <laughs> it's huge, with a big battery pack. So he took it out, and he was thinking of putting on another car or throw it in a river. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities here. And meanwhile, so he, so he takes out, so they come... They come big. To hey big man, we, the, we want our we want our shovel back. And it's gonna be he's gonna be in a lot of trouble if he doesn't give yeah, it back. We're gonna make your life miserable, slave. You shut up and give us our tracking device. And, and it, literally from BI Corporation. Yeah, literally. And I, and I think it would have been what I would do. By the way, if I found one of these, I know they're gonna come back looking for. It. I mean, if you don't want to put it on a dog, which would be funny, is that <laughs> you uh, definitely you know the things that you can open them up. Just open a thing up and then, you know, squirt in a little uh, hydrochloric acid or uh, dog shit or something into the thing. Pack it in there and then close it back up. You've said dog shit twice on this show. It's dog shit day. It's dog shit day. I like the idea of putting it on an animal. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, But... uh, it's it's kind of abhorrent that this is happening. You know, the, the, this is like the guy's an Arab. Hey, let's track him. <laughs> oh, throw something on his car. I mean, you know, uh, the the uh, the sob went for a smog check. Maybe I should uh, check underneath and see what I've got on it now. Yeah, make sure they always ask you when you go in for a check. Ask, make sure there's no tracking devices on your car. <laughs> Excuse me, did you put a tracking device in my car? And I have to answer truthfully. Would you just sign this affidavit that you didn't put a tracking device on my car? Anyway. Uh, so funny, but yet not so funny, because uh, this is now standard fare. And it's not like everyone's outraged. It was like, oh, that's so funny. They came and asked for it back. How about the outrage of this happening in the first place? <laughs> and then uh, just two uh, quick stories from out there. Uh, lovely to see on Dvorak.org slash blog, uh, something that I've been talking about for uh, as long as this program has been on the internets. Uh, Photoshopped NASA images. 
covering up uh, obvious bases and other uh, uh, life forms that are out there. I mean, you can go ahead and read it. Uh, it's in the show notes, nogendashow.com. dot um, This is of a Saturn's moons, and they've photoshopped it to hide stuff. I mean, the whole all the moon pictures are. This is nothing new. It's like, oh, gee. oh, bro. Okay, now that you're mentioned, you you brought it up. You brought up the aliens thing. We know that you know this is a point, a, a, a moment of of. Uh, well, we have a disagreement on this. So the 13th of October... Is when... Well, they're already showing themselves worldwide. Oh, really? <clears throat> yes. And someone very close to you... Oh, wait, you, hold on. There's one across the street. Excuse me, John. Hey, buddy. I promise... No, I, I, I promise not to reveal the identity, <clears throat> but one of your family members has actually seen a UFO in the past week. And that family member emailed me about it. I know the story. They saw a yeah an unidentified object in the sky, probably a remote controlled plane or something. This person and, or, who shall go unnamed said, <laughs> "I saw a UFO." Don't tell John. Yeah, well, she did. She told me. <laughs> oh well, then why did she make it such a big secret? Uh, she couldn't hold it because I was I was moaning and groaning about something, and she I guess she couldn't maintain you know her cool, and she had to tell me. So anyway, whatever the case is, the thirteenth. <laughs> Yes. They're supposed to show up everywhere. Yep. And so what's what's Thursday? Thursday's what day? Uh 14th I think. Is it 10 Yeah, 11, thir- okay. So, so it's Wednesday so on, thir- be- on Thursday we can talk about all the pictures. So on thir- on Thursday the 14th we can talk about how it never happened. <laughs> okay. And uh if that doesn't happen then uh, mark down November 9th on your calendar. Uh, that is uh, when the Large Hadron Collider goes full speed. It's, I thought it's already gone full speed. Oh, no, no, no. They've been lying about that. I have an article here that literally says <laughs> they've been lying about it. The 9th of November is when, uh, when, they, when they crank that puppy up to full speed. And uh, good riddance to you all. So, the, so what you're saying is November 11th. Uh, we probably no, won't 9th, be doing a show. November 9th. November, no, November 11th, there will be no show. <laughs> because we'll all be oblivious. We will uh, all, be, ab- we'll all obliviated. be We'll be blown to bits, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, I look forward to speaking with all of you and comparing notes on the, uh, on the ships that appear. And uh, please also feel free, of those of you who have already purchased a ticket... Uh, for the mothership, go to noagendamothership.com. You can see uh, what uh, the logo will look like, beautiful 3D rendering of your boarding pass. Uh, so those are forthcoming, those of you who are on the lucky 33-33-month uh, boarding pass support system for us, for the show. And as you know, John is staying behind, apparently with Mimi now. She is not going along. So I guess you've uh, subjugated her into uh, believing your message that it's all bullcrap. No, she would, it wasn't buying my message. It's it's just us here in the universe, John. It's just us. I don't... S- it's just us, no one else. <laughs> Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Southern California, where I wish I still smoked weed. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it is 10-10-10 day, a uh, reminder to all those out there that... Uh, so far this month, it's been nothing but uh, weird things happening, which is typical. I'm John C. Dvorak. We appreciate your support. 
Dvorak.org slash NA. Talk to you on Thursday, everybody.